The following episode of TOEFOP is classified M.A. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, sexual references, a sex scene, prison rape, time travel, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. <laughs> Hello and welcome to TOEFOP, I'm Charlie Clawson. I am William Anderson. That was like, uh, what just happened then before we started recording was like a phantom pregnancy. Because we sat down to record and I said to Will, oh, I think I need to go to the bathroom. And so Will said, you should do that. I said, if you're thinking about it, you should do it. Yeah, and then I got there and... (laughs) We were like an old married couple (laughs) who get to that point where they've been married so long that my dad is like this. He doesn't know what he likes anymore. Mm. My mum is the sole repository of all the things my dad likes. Yeah. So like we will go out to dinner. I went out to dinner with mum and dad recently and dad asked mum what he'll enjoy. Like he's, he's got to the point where it's like, like we're going to get to that with our phones and stuff where you just go, like you talk to your phone and you go, what is it that I like again? <laughs> Can you ring that place that I like and order that thing that I enjoy? I think that's, uh, I, I'm kind of like that with Jam though. Like you probably do the same thing where it's, what do you want to order? And you're like, ah, uh, what's good? I mean, it's just, it, I think it's more the, the comfort of having a partner. You know, you probably, if you thought about it, you'd want it. But isn't it more just kind of, well, now I have someone to take responsibility of, take care of me. Isn't that what it what it's about? I don't know. I, that wouldn't work for me. I'd be like, "What do I, what should I eat?" And Amy would be like, "Eat some meat, you fucker." <laughs> <laughs> Stop being a pain in the ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> eat something that I enjoy. <laughs> Your choices make our, our lives boring. <laughs> I remember we <laughs> just had a, a cow. If a cow walks by, take a bite. That's I'm, what I. Amy would I say. remember we had a barbecue here once, and you had brought over your your little veggie patties. Yep. And um, as we were all chowing down on our hot dogs and hamburgers, I remember Amy picking up one of your vegetable patties and holding it in front of your face and asking you how you could eat this. <laughs> like, it's not like I make her eat it. No. Like, but it's still like she's offended on my behalf. <laughs> she's like, this. Look at this shame. How are you consuming this? Like she didn't rub your nose in it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> lucky she didn't just rub it in meat. Like, you know, she took it up to the barbecue and just rubbed everybody else's meat juice. Do you have a, an issue with like stuff being cooked on the same grill? Like, no. Juice is okay. Juice is okay. Animal juice is okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't go around to barbecues, collect the juice, and drink it down and say, I'm a vegetarian still. <laughs> but if it acts, if juice accidentally gets on my vegetarian food, I'm You're fine. You're a with closet that. carnivore, just go licking barbecues at night, jumping your neighbor's fence, just furiously licking their grill. I mean, I will I, I will dip my chips in, like, you know, if she has like a gravy or a sauce or something, yeah. I'm, I, I'm happy to. And you've probably eaten stuff with like chicken stock in it or beef stock and not realized it. Yeah, I'm not one of those people who goes to a restaurant. If it says if it doesn't have like, you know, meat that I can see in the dish, I don't say to them, you know, did did an animal cry in this? <laughs> I, I can't I can't eat this if this is did a cat happen to go by and weep in my You're in my basically risotto. saying to animals, Hey look, I'm not gonna eat you, but if no. one of you like, you know, somehow and I don't know about it, then that's yeah. your dumb luck. I'm not out to save you guys. Yeah. I'm just gonna not actively kill you. Yeah, I'm not yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. If you just happen to die, 
in my food. <laughs> <laughs> so you're eating you're eating a bowl of cereal and for some reason like a bird just crashes into it. You're like, well, oh, well, well. it's in now. <laughs> Can't eat around it. Still a vegetarian. <laughs> All right, so um, this episode is our Q&A app. Yeah. So we asked uh, you guys to send in some questions, and um, I did specifically say one question. So for those of you who sent a list of 10, that's not what I said, but um, we'll pick the best <laughs> question out of those 10. D- damn you for, for caring more about this podcast <laughs> than Charlie asked you to. <laughs> now, we should um, kick off, because yeah. I was surprised. The first bunch of questions we got, well, actually, most of the questions we got all asked the same thing. Oh, really? Which is, what is the origin story of Will and Charlie? How oh, did we meet? Because right. I guess we have never talked about that. And we've talked about origin stories quite a lot. So. Yeah, that's funny. Well, yeah. uh, you know what it is? It's kind of like we're the Joker. We're the Christopher Nolan's Joker. You know how he arrives in that film with no origin yeah. story? He's just a, it's like he's, he's a given. Yeah. He's, that's kind of what Tofop was. Yeah. So should we, because if we give away the origin story, is it like we, we're making Wolverine where suddenly that really cool character is like, oh, what? oh he's really? a fucking lumberjack? Yeah. I'm not so fucking lame. <laughs> Um, well, what is our origin story? I, I, I think part of the reason I've never talked about it is I, you know, I don't, I don't really remember. I smoke a lot of pot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about my friends that much. I don't take enough of an interest. So I don't often. We're like the birds that fall into your cereal, your friends. <laughs> we just happen to fall into your path. Like, oh, well. I had, it doesn't offend me. So I had a uh, journalist ask me the other day, like I was doing a series of interviews for my tour, and they asked me, "What's the weirdest question that you've been, uh, yeah, that you get asked while you were being interviewed?" And in my head, I was like, "As soon as the interview is over, I never think about the questions I've been asked ever again." So I had no idea. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just gone. What wouldn't? Well, what's the weirdest question I've asked you? Surely one of those must have come to mind. We've done 54 episodes of this show. Surely you could have said, well, uh, Charlie once asked me uh, if I, how I would uh, pretend to be a horse to get, or how I could get my girlfriend to let me pretend to be a horse. That's true. I probably could have said that. <laughs> but then that involves... Refer her to then, the podcast. Yeah, then that involves a 50-minute explanation. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, well, but, our, from my point of view, the, our origin story yeah. is... Uh, when I first moved to Sydney, a lot of my mates were comedians and I was living with Charlie Pickering at the time. And yep. Charlie had just started on Triple J where you were working. Right. And so we met via him. Actually, no, we met, we met before that uh, in Melbourne. And I do remember this because um, Michael and Charlie take me to see one of the stand-up shows you're doing with Adam. Yeah. One where your big joke was a double ducking. Remember <laughs> yeah, yeah, that joke? Yeah, I do. Have we talked about that on the show, what double duck Yeah, is? the double duck. Okay, good. It was the sexual move. Yeah, that's right. The, Not quite a fist. No. More like a duck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could do the double duck, which was ducking two people at the same time. And I have the hard thing with um, uh, stand-up comedy in that I don't really enjoy it. I don't really like to go see stand-up comedy, and it's not because... <laughs> I don't like comedians or I don't like to laugh. Uh, Charlie doesn't like to be happy. But I get very... You've really got a good... You've connected with our emo audience. <laughs> no, it's more, it's more I'm very empathetic and I I just get... like to go and watch music and cut myself. Oh, well, you know what it is? I, I like to see good comics because yeah. I don't feel nervous. I don't like to go see... Like when I go to like a... Because, you know, I watch my friends come up in comedy. So I'd often go to, you know, the pub to watch them do their Tuesday night comedy room, whatever. Yeah. And I would get very panicky for them when I'd see them on stage, especially if they were fucking bombing. So I... When I go to see comedy gigs, I don't like to be anywhere near the front because if the show's going to go bad, then I start to feel really, really bad and I'm not enjoying it. Like, I'm sure there's some people who actually better get a kick out of seeing a comedian die. 
for me, I feel really, really bad. Yeah, normally other comedians. Yeah. Uh, Dave Hughes can hear a comedian die from across town. Now, don't worry. You weren't on stage at this point. I, so. yeah, I've got to be honest with you. When you were you, getting when worried? When you launched this story of like, I don't like to go and see comedians who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this is a story about you. Um, no. no, but I, I do understand that because there is a point in comedy, particularly early on, where your friends are doing you a favour yeah. by coming. Yeah. Like, you know, they're... You ha- they need an audience. Yeah, you need an audience. Yeah. And the only people you can get to come along are your friends. Yeah. So they're doing you a favour. And having said that, none of my friends ever really bomb that bad. Like, I mean, but it's more, you know, when you see a friend, you're going to see a bunch of comedians. They're normally on a bill with like six or seven other guys. And it's definitely at the start, you could say like 30 to 40% of those acts will be bad, you reckon? At least, I suppose. Yeah. Like, but there's a point you get to as a performer where you get good. But your friends haven't made the transition with you. So they still think they're doing you a favour yeah. by coming to your shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like that you need them to come to your shows. Yeah, yeah. Or that it's like, and I have that with some of my friends now. It's like, Dad, you can take the training wheels off. I'm yeah. riding fine. I was like, like, actually now, if my friends come to the show, essentially they're just costing me 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because that is a ticket that I can actually just sell to somebody else. But you're paying them back for supporting you in that in those early stages. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I was standing at the back of this show and you guys went on, whoever your support was, and um, you were there and you were pacing around, obviously, you know, nervously waiting to go on stage, but yeah. you and I were wearing exactly the same jacket. And I didn't know you at the time, I hadn't met you, and I said to you, oh, that's funny, we're wearing the same jacket. And you said to me, oh, that's funny, but this is my show, so I can ask you to leave and you've got to go. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> And then it's like, ladies and gentlemen, Will Anderson. It's like, oh, that's Will Anderson. And then after the show, uh, Michael introduced us. And um, uh, Michael introduced us. And I was at the, st- at the and it would have been 2001. I had a red beanie that I was wearing. <laughs> and uh, some girl was cracking onto you. And uh, I remember you, she was cracking onto you and you, weren't, and you were trying to sort of just like very, you know, politely sort of you know, resist her advances. And you said to her, hey, why don't you go over there and chat to that guy pointing out me? And I don't know if you knew that I could hear you. <laughs> and you said, uh, and she's gone, which guy? And you going, that guy, Fred Durst. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because I'm wearing the red beanie. And I remember thinking, this fucking guy. <laughs> Twice tonight. <laughs> so that was when I first met you. But then I moved to Sydney and I was living with Charlie and we started hanging out via him, yeah? Yeah. We, 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 we became friends and it was a little bit weird the way we became friends. Like I used to do a bit of stand up about this, but, um, which was also weird because you came and saw me do this bit of stand up <laughs> and we're like, Oh, that bit of stand up's about me. <laughs> uh, it, I used to have a whole bit about how, um, it's hard to make a new male friend as an adult. Like one on one, you can make them as part of a group, yeah. you know, when the other people are there, yeah. but it's hard as an adult male, yeah, because what do you do? Yeah, unless you, unless I mean, especially if you are not working with that person, or like if you just bump into someone somewhere and there is no reason for you to both be there. This is my point. So, like, we were obviously, you know, we we're like, oh yeah, okay, this this is like we we seem to be people that we think we might get along. There is a beginning of a friendship here. We would probably like to spend more time together, yep. but we don't work together. Yeah. And our friends aren't hanging out together and, all the time. Yeah, and you also were doing the morning show, so you weren't out after like fucking 5 p.m. at night. <laughs> that's, so, right, that's right. It's like trying to be friends with a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> 
An early morning vampire. Yeah, the opposite of a yeah, vampire. Yeah, I'm doing the day shift. Right, yeah. I'm a vampire on the day shift. <laughs> Reverse vampire. Yeah, exactly. I like Will, but he seems to be a smart mouth reverse vampire. <laughs> Apart from that, everything seems to be going well. So we actually had to make plans to catch up together. Dates. Dates. Yeah. This is essentially it. Like, Because it's weird as an adult male to go, hey, do you want to go and see a movie? Or hey, do you want to go and get dinner? Yeah. Without eventually going... We're dating. <laughs> like, this is weird. We're dating. Did you have any sense of that at the time? That Yeah. Well, I think the, the funny thing was we had shared interest in football, wrestling, and girls. <laughs> and so the relationship, that's where it sort of started, is that we would get together and watch wrestling or we'd watch football or we'd go down to Bondi Beach and look at girls. And I think that that to me was didn't seem like, oh, there's a friendship going on because that's something you can do with anyone, really, and especially most guys are into those kind of things. But uh, it was more we started to do this thing where we would go jogging together. <laughs> this yeah. is when it sounds like we were really <laughs> dating. We would go jogging. And maybe, you know what, maybe this is the start of where the podcast began. Yeah. Because over that course of a run, just say we'd jog for 40 minutes, yeah. we would tell each other stories yes. and normally try and make each other laugh. We'd either try to make each other laugh or we talk quite a lot about, this is my memory of this, because we would jog, in Australia there's a strip of um, beach at Bondo Beach, uh, which I'm sure everybody knows, it's yeah. one of the most famous beaches in the world, and there's a, like a, a path that goes around the coastline, you know, right around to some of the other, and it's a really kind of famous walk, and we would you know, jog around there. Yeah, the and, cliff walk. Yeah, and it's like quite a hard run, like there's lots of, you know, up and downs, all that sort of stuff. And I remember that we would not only joke about things, but we would also have these like long discussions about like religion or like the meaning of life and stuff like that, which I was quite... Yeah, so maybe that's where Tofop started. Yeah. On the Cliffs of Bondi. So and then we got rid of the deep conversations about the meaning of life and we said we'll do a podcast. <laughs> well, let's watch Back to the Future. Yeah. So I guess that's where it started. And so, and then our friends, our friendship groups kind of all merged and so it's sort of been that way ever since. So that's the origin of the story. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, the, the next question. Not much of an origin, is it? We need a gritty reboot of that story. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's who, all we need. Who are we going to cast? We need to reimagine that story. Well, you, uh, Fred Durst, as you. <laughs> and he's, you know, like one of those ironic castings, like yeah. Quentin Tarantino style? Yeah, I'd, I'd cast, um, who's that guy from Who's My Line? Uh, who's My Line? What's My Line? What's it called? Ryan Styles. Ryan Styles, yeah. I'd cast Ryan Styles as you. Okay, I'm happy with that. <laughs> We've got the age all wrong. If we're rebooting, <laughs> they normally go younger. We should be looking for. Some guys coming out of neighbours or something to cast. That's true. We need some some young people. Oh, who's like young a young cool? We want Lincoln, like, Lincoln Lewis is the hot young actor going around, but he's yeah, blonde. But, yeah, no, no. We want like um some. Let's. I mean, if we're gonna make a movie, if we're gonna, you know, we might as well get some fucking decent people in it. No, no disrespect to Lincoln Lewis, <laughs> son of Wally the King Lewis, one of the greatest rugby league players of all time, uh, and also a person who got in trouble for filming uh, having sex with a girl on his mobile phone. So you know. <laughs> Good on him. I mean, great. Don't get me wrong. Great work, Lincoln Lewis. Love your work. But I think we've got to go a bit cooler than that. Like okay. We, yeah, we're, we're going to Do we have to go cooler or just more? Well, just like, I mean, we can, we've got a bigger budget is my point. All right. Okay. Well, who yeah. are, but they're going to be Australian. they have to be Australian? No. They, anyone can do an accent. They can play Aussie. Okay. Like Meryl Streep did so, in uh, Evil Angels. Well, I'll cast you and you cast me. That's probably the best way to do it because okay. otherwise we yeah. won't be jaded. No, that's and good. don't cast like, you know, some deformed kid with, you know, cross eyes and Tiny hands. All right, I won't. No, because there's not. I was trying many. to think of who that was. <laughs> I was say, there's not many of those in Hollywood. <laughs> the gay guy from Glee. <laughs> you are the gay guy from Glee. Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, if you could butch it up, I'd take yeah. that. Um, I, all right, so who would I cast as you? Someone's going to be tall, kind of tall and funny. Um, oh, man. I'm thinking of the cast of Glee. Oh, you know who I'd cast as you? Adam Brody from uh, the OC. That, that guy, you know, Seth Cohen from the OC? Which one is he? Oh, he's the, he's the funny Jewish kid. He's been in a bunch. He's in Cop Out. Uh, yeah, all right, okay. Uh, and I'm, Jennifer's Body. Yeah, I'm played by a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm not, I'm not Jewish. Doesn't matter. I'm circumcised. I suppose if there's any nude scenes, <laughs> you can look the part. All right, well, I'm happy with that. That's all cool. Right. Okay. Uh, and that means I need to find someone who's kind of age-appropriate. For you. Yeah, so you're five years older than me or four years older than me. Yeah. So you've got to go someone younger. So someone 25 and under, I'll, I'll give you. So yeah. it's that gay kid from Glee. He'll <laughs> <laughs> do. Yeah, in a kind of butching it up crossover role. <laughs> All right, next question. Yep. Uh, this one is from Joshua Miles. He says, if you could take over from Julia Gillard as Prime Minister for one day, what policy would you like to bring in that would change Australia for good? That's that's a this, really uh, this uh, the the only thing is it must be something that people are not pushing for or have won at the moment, such as carbon tax migration. Okay, so you've got to invent a new. Policy. Okay, so it can't be like gay marriage or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, if I change could... the world for the better, so there's no selfish plan. So my idea of just like getting prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to get prostitutes if you're prime minister. But then if I got prostitutes yeah, can... for the world, yeah. All right, here's my, what I would do. Yeah. I would put resources into creating the most realistic sex bots imaginable. Like, you know how they've got those real dolls now? These will be flawless. You, they'll, they'll be like the Terminators of sex. You yeah. won't be able to tell the humans from the, the robots. Yeah. I'd spend our money doing that. And so every person could have their ultimate sexual partner. Right. So, and, and I think that I'd spend uh, a little bit on like a massive advertising campaign yeah. to make people realize that it's not bad to have one of these dolls. That if everyone had one, then like, you know, married couples can have one and it's not cheating to be fucking the doll. The doll. Yeah. I think that would, that would make the world a better place. You would be the Steve Jobs of hand jobs and blow jobs. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I like that. You'd be a vision, visionary that people would mourn when you died. <laughs> the sex robot. Inventor of the sex robot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, that changes the world for the better. In that, my mind. that does change the world for the better. Oh, man. Make love, not war. You know, it's a it's a beautiful thing. You know, fire a shot into a sex robot, not into another human <laughs> being. <laughs> you don't need to go to you don't need to blow up somewhere so you can go to heaven and have seventy two virgins when you've got oh, you can, can have seventy two sex bots. Well, that can you have more than one sex bot? And you can probably make them a virgin whenever you want. You you probably put something in an app. They've probably, uh, they've probably uh, got an app where that you could, the hymen can like regrow. Be, regrow. Yeah. No, I'd, so I'd, I would, if I was prime minister, I'd also have to put a cap on sex bots per house because you don't want to start a black market trade where people are selling sex bots on the side. You know what I'm saying? Like there'd have to be a law regulating the amount of sex bots that were made because otherwise the Does happiness I'm bringing. Yeah, because the happiness I'm bringing to people is about. Well, then again, maybe not, because some people really want to have an orgy. So yeah. you could have an orgy with a sex bot. No STDs? No STDs. I mean, you have to and you're not it cheating. Out. You wouldn't want to share sex bots. No. Do you well, know what I mean? like, some people would. Of course they would. Yeah, of course they would. Would that be a law? You couldn't share a sex bot? I don't know. You're Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> You've invented the sex bot. <laughs> Why are there I, all, the, all these rules now? You suddenly are you went, a member of my you cabinet? Went, or... You suddenly went all China with your one sex bot policy <laughs> per family. Well, I just thought that maybe... Cause 
I'm trying to create a, a force for good. And I just kind of feel like if it becomes, if it goes in the black market, then you're going to get some weird customized robots that are doing bad things or, you know, catering to a, 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 a perverted market. And I don't want that. What? So you want just straight ahead missionary sex bots? <laughs> <laughs> like only straight. All the bots are straight and they only have missionary sex. Imagine that. Their, Imagine knees, their, knee, their knees don't bend, so you can only put them in missionary Imagine position. Imagine if you came out and said, look, I've got some good news and some bad news. I have perfected realistic human sex bots and everyone's getting one for free. <laughs> but. But. <laughs> They're only for straight people and it's only missionary. People still get one, wouldn't they? Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's, I mean, when, that's when there'd be a black market, people converting them to, you know, like all fucked up shit. Yeah. Like, you know, so you, yeah, yeah. essentially there'd be so, like, you know, all those guys who get their cars and then they like, you know, hot them up and they, you know, put the fucking lights yeah, underneath yeah. Some, some shit. And, some <laughs> putting like a neon light under the tits of your yeah. sex part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I suppose you could. I mean. You touch their boobs and it's like, da 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 So what would you do? Um... If I had one day as prime minister, not one day, you can you can make. I can make one that, law. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I've got one law that I can pass as prime minister. And if you can do it in one day, then great. That that will change. <laughs> that will change. <laughs> I might as well string it out and get some free parliamentary food. Yeah, totally. Go to some events. Get a credit card. Go to the Olympics. Go to visit the sex bot brothel. Meet, meet the queen. Test out some sex bots. <laughs> uh, guys, I've got to do some testing. Great job, wouldn't it be? <laughs> If you're the sex box, the sex bot tester. It'd be great if you got your sex bot and you like you opened their vagina and inside there was just a little piece of paper that it said inspected by number four. <laughs> <laughs> little metal tag to their toe. Um, oh, if I could uh, do one thing uh, to change the world, um, I would make uh, the richest one percent of people uh, pay the majority of the taxes. We are the 99%. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. I get that whole... I mean, I don't get the whole all capitalism is bad thing. Yeah. You know, that's not what I subscribe to at all. But I do think that... Philosophy on sale now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, but I think there is a, a point where we should try to, you know... I, I think it's it's weird that we live in a world where half of the world is starving and yet we throw out 60% of the food that we buy. Mm. Uh, we spend like hundreds of millions of dollars a year on dieting, like yeah. going, like, cause we're just like, we have too much food and no self control. Yeah. So we need to pay someone else so that we can it does feel like- lose weight while the rest of the world starts. We might as well just get like an African person what? and like have them hang around with us. And then like halfway through dinner, when we're like, we've had enough, you'd let the African kid have the rest of it. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. When they can so that's it. what I'm doing, Charlie. I'm pairing everyone up with an African kid. That's what I'm doing. That's my new thing. You yeah. were you were you were 20 seconds away from winning a Nobel Peace Prize <laughs> until the bit about basically reinstating slavery. Yeah. Everyone gets a free African. No, they don't have to do anything for you. They just have to be around at meal times. But. Uh, yeah, it's I like mean, an adopt an African program. You know how you have a sponsor kid, like if people have pictures of them. Yeah, on, you literally will have. You literally kid. have a sponsor kid. Yeah, and you just sponsor them. But what if? But then some kids will be going to like health, like you know, healthy eaters, and some kids will be going to like you know people at KFC. Oh, day. what you think? These starving kids in the Sudan are like, 
the Colonel. Really? I hate the 40, 52 herbs and spices. What is it? How many herbs and spices? 11. 11 <laughs> herbs and spices. There may be more. Spices. There may be other spices. Yeah, but they're, but they're the not ones. secret. Yeah, right. There's 11 secret ones. If you would you um if they would coated like a, a zucchini in, in that, would you be cool to eat that or would the flavor? Well, it depends what the secret is, Charlie. Or do you think there's it's herbs and spices? Well, why are you keeping them secret? <laughs> they're just herbs and I'm spices. No, it's there's got to be some bad fucked up shit. Like yeah, yeah, of course. But I think what every I'm like the, yeah, I reckon like the colonel before he died, like you know, because he was rich and eccentric. Like he was the one percent. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what the colonel probably did? He probably spent the last six years of his life masturbating furiously <laughs> like into some sort of you know, kernel sperm bank uh-huh. that they keep at KFC headquarters and every like what one of the 11 secret herbs and spices is a drop of the kernel's jizz <laughs> yeah. so every time that someone eats KFC yeah. they're really just like swallowing a little bit of the kernel yeah and they don't have the zinger burger it's like the dinger burger yeah just like an emptied condom <laughs> that's where the idea of the moist towelettes came from <laughs> <laughs> that's what he used to clean up with so yeah like I, I honestly because I mean they can't be secret can they surely if you make food somewhere someone it's got to be written down like you've got to run I think by, I actually think that, by the I think people have cracked the code because there's a secret source at McDonald's as well but yeah. I think in the days of the internet that's that code has been cracked I'm pretty sure there was a guy who got sued because he published or printed the 11 secret herbs and spices it which did- weren't that secret like they were all just like you know Shit you could get. Well, apparently it was like, if you're a chef, you can probably taste, oh, well, it's a bit of this, a bit of that, and, you know, you could probably approximate it. That'd be great on MasterChef, because, you know, they do that on sometimes on MasterChef. No. They'll have, like, a, that's one of the challenges that'll eliminate someone. So they'll make, like, a soup or a gumbo or something, yeah. and it's got, like, 25 ingredients, and, like, you know, it's the person who guesses the most of the ingredients. It'd be great if it was just KFC. <laughs> <laughs> like, they got a bucket of KFC, and everyone had to be like, uh, oregano? Yeah. <laughs> um... I, I yeah, I because the Coke recipe is online, right? The Eleven Secret Herbs and Spices is online. Fuck, I kind of wish I ate meat just because. Don't you think it'd be interesting as a dinner party idea to invite people around and serve them homemade homemade Coke, Coke with... homemade KFC, yeah, yeah. like a homemade you know Big Mac. My or whatever. sister made a Mars bar once. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. But my sister made a Mars bar from scratch. What do you mean? Like she made the nougat herself, (laughs) the caramel herself, and then like, I mean, she didn't ground up the cocoa beans, but she took cooking, uh, milk cooking chocolate and made little Mars bars. So fucking sweet. I remember it was, it's like that episode of The Simpsons where Bart has the super slushy and he's like, whoa, you know, it was like that rich. But um, yeah, she did that. She And she she just did it from, uh, like some people can play by ear. She cooked by taste. Cooked, oh. by, cooked by tongue. So she didn't even like get the ingredients off the back and have a have a recipe. She actually well, no, like she knew how to make. Well, I mean, chocolate you buy cooking chocolate yeah. and caramel for people who know about cooking. I'm sure that's you know you can tell that that's you know three ingredients or whatever, and then it's just nougat, which I don't think they're complex uh, components. Will I know? But, <laughs> no. she, but she made something that could help you work, rest, and play <laughs> from scratch yeah. at home. I must admit, there's a, there used to be a cafe near my um, house that I used to go to all the time, which is now closed. And part of the reason that I used to go there was he um, homemade wagon wheels. Ah, oh, a homemade, we've talked about this before. A homemade wagon wheel is the shit, man. There is a, a, a cafe around the corner from my place that makes homemade wagon wheels. And like, 
you are when you bite into it, it is like you are biting into guaranteed love handles. Yeah, like it is that rich. You it's, might as well just actually get two like wagon wheels, homemade wagon wheels, and just and strap glue them, them to your yeah, thighs. strap them. <laughs> Like this thing, I mean, it's so worth it, but you know, yeah. like, fuck, man, I eat this, then fuck, I'm going to have to jog for like a week. Otherwise, it's just going to blow out. But fuck, man, it is so good. So and, they're, good. and they're not like, they're not thin and neat yeah. like a normal no, wagon wheel. Like they're lumpy and they're, they're shaping. And massive. Yeah. Like they're, they're never, it's oh. essentially like the wagon wheel hulked up. Yeah, totally. Like, because it's all jagged. Yeah. It's yeah. not in the traditional shape and it's all just fucked up. Yeah. Or yeah. A, a, a roid overdose. Like, yeah. You know, that's really fucking roided out, guys. It's balls are tiny. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, next question. Uh, this is from Matthew Symes or Matthew Sims. Matthew Symes. S-I-M-E-S. Symes. He knows what it is. Do you have any advice for aspiring podcasters out there? Mm-hmm. Well, um, firstly, make sure the microphones are on. Set your set your sights a little higher for advice. <laughs> like seriously, that is like going up to the guy who's coming ninetieth in the marathon and going, "Any tips for running a marathon?" Mate? <laughs> ask ask one of the guys at the front. Ask one of the guys who finished an hour and a half ago. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure where the experts in the field. Uh, the best advice I would give is that if we can do it, anyone can. <laughs> well, what? Yeah, I mean, what advice do you need? It is the simplest form of entertainment on the planet the fact that we can do it like you and i yep. actually have a podcast because yep. we are not men who understand technology obviously and no i listen to this fucking no show idea. but we're doing people it people sometimes ask us ask me because you know more about it than me yeah because you actually do some of the stuff that has to do with te- technology yeah but people will because i am probably a bit more online than you like i'll be on the facebook page or whatever uh, people will ask me about oh um, when's can the, you, uh, when's the, the compression rate? Yeah. Then, yeah. When's the non-iTunes version? Well, I don't know. I've got iTunes. <laughs> yeah, like no. most of and the people get, in the world, I have iTunes. The best thing about it is you get really kind of panicky about it because you'll send me like an email <laughs> or a message saying, oh, dude, people are complaining about compression rates. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, you know, they can still download it. You're like, ah, <laughs> really, I don't really understand what it you. means. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know much about that sort of stuff, but... Uh, I, I would say this that we um, we didn't mention this last podcast, but um, there was a, a movie website that listed our podcast. Now, do you know anything about this movie website? It's like Film a, School Rejects. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, it's a really, it's an American film blog website, but it's really popular and yeah. it's really reputable and cool. Yeah, it seemed to be. I had a look around it, yeah. like after uh, you know you sent me the, the link, and they basically did a thing because Chris Hardwick, who I'm sure people listen to this show, a lot of them will know, he does a, a podcast called The Nerdist Podcast, which is is, is really great. And um, uh, Mark Marin has been uh, talking about making his podcast into a TV show. Chris Hardwick's just made The Nerdist TV show. I know Kevin Smith has a a deal at one of the networks as well, and so they decided that they would do an article about five podcasts that you know possibly could be made into. Yeah. TV shows and that they mentioned this. Yeah, and our sister podcast, Walk in the Room. Walk in the Room, that's right. They're at number one, we're at number two. I don't know if I it was I think it was in order. Around, but, you know, it, it still sort of rubs it. No. <laughs> 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 anyway, that, I, I thought that was cool. So you can you can check that out on our Facebook so page. Advice for aspiring podcasters is just fucking do it, man. Like, yep. I mean, uh, Dave, and, Dave and Greg do their podcast on like a handheld digital recorder in, in his closet. In the closet. And that because you kept, have a closet and something to record it on. When Dave came around to do our podcast, he uh, he walked in and he saw like microphones and a mixer set up. And he's like, "Oh wow, <laughs> like you guys got microphones!" Yeah. And we were like, "We were it? like, 
We were like uh, punk guys who had sold out. Yeah, that's right. They were like doing it in their garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a four-track recorder. Ooh, look at yeah. this. Look Got a mixer. How are my levels sounding? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I thought he was joking. But then we went and did their podcast. It was like, holy shit, man. Why the fuck did I spend this money? Could have got like a little handheld digital recorder. So you can do it. I mean, you can do it. Joe Rogan talks about recording an episode into his fucking iPhone. Like he sat on a flight and recorded it. It's all podcasting is, is talking. And the best, best thing about it is that you can talk about fucking any shit and you don't have to be funny. You don't have to get to the point, such as Tofop. But the people will listen to it because they're not expecting it to be radio. That's what I love about it. Like podcasting for me is all I listen to virtually now. Like I don't really listen to the radio anymore. I don't at all. I just listen because you can curate a whole bunch of podcasts that you like. Mm. That's what I like about podcasts. It's like radio on demand is what it is. Yeah, and and like some of the podcasts I listen to are still radio shows. Yeah, like but I just but listen the best to of. the podcast of that radio show. Yeah, and and it, it it's amazing that you can just go oh. I don't have to hear about any of the things I'm not interested in anymore. Because like you know, with old school broadcast media, basically what you're doing is going. These guys will talk about enough. Of the things uh, I'm interested things. in. Yeah, yeah. And then there's some other stuff as well, but I'll put up with that other stuff as well because, you know, they'll get to the bit that I'm I'm interested in. Yeah. And like with podcasts, you just go... There's rock, there's sport, and there's comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cornerstones of... You might not like rock, sport, and comedy, but you may like... <laughs> rock. Rock and comedy. <laughs> or you might like rock and sport. And you'll sit through the comedy for yeah. the rock and sport. <laughs> um, and I, I have really found that though, that I'm missing big chunks of the world. Because my podcasts are so specific. Like, yeah. if anyone needs to talk to me about, you know, Hollywood trivia and AFL football, I am an expert. Yeah. But if you want to talk to me about anything outside those realms. Well, I guess the one drawback of podcasting is that it's still not a big enough medium that you can talk to anyone about, hey, you know, did you hear that show? Like, because podcasts are so niche. Like, I will hear something and I know that 90% of my friends have not heard you know, that thing. And so I just have to sort of kind of keep it to myself, which in a way I think breeds loyalty to a podcast because it's not like you can talk about it with anyone else. So you just keep listening to the show and you start making friends with the people on the show. That's what I love most about podcasting, especially the ones that aren't uh, to do with a specific thing. They're just a conversational shooting the shit podcast is I've grown very fond of the people I listen to and like feel involved in their lives and like to hear what they have to say and know the dynamics of the relationship. It's bizarre. It's real theatre of the mind stuff. Yeah, and I think there's a relationship two ways. I mean, I certainly think so. I mean, I love getting on our Facebook page and stuff because the people who listen to this podcast, I feel like they really get it. Yeah. And they just make me laugh. Like they, you know, we've had cool art made for us. We've had like, you know, people respond to things and come up with names for stuff. It's nice to know that there's other people out there who are into the same shit you're into. Yeah. Especially if you've grown up kind of thinking that you're the only person who reads fucking comic books or listens to fucking indie music or whatever. And then you sort of, or, you know, obsesses over Back to the Future. That's the best thing. The Back to the Future love is, just, I mean, I know it's a very popular film, but I long to be able to sit and talk in depth about Back to the Future because I just love that film so much. And now I can. And people like all over the internet, all over the world will fucking respond with their takes on Back to the Future. Oh, mate, the internet is held together by a combination of fucking Back to the Future conversations and hate. And porn. And porn. (laughs) They're the three major ingredients. What is keeping this internet together? Well, we seem to... It's a Look, it's 11 secret herbs and spices, but uh, three of them are porn. Yeah. uh, Two of them are movie trivia and five of them are hate. (laughs) You've got your rock, your sport, your comedy. Well, we've got porn, hate, and Back to the Future. Um, 
a couple of questions asking, will we ever do a live show? I think we could. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know People how it would change lot. the dynamic, though. That is a thing. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've heard podcasts that go live, and it's still enjoyable, but it's not the same thing. It's a performance. So we'd have to ask the question, would this be improved by us doing it with an audience? I mean, look, I think there's probably a lot of things that could improve this. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not it's instant judgment by a room full of people, I don't know. Yeah, let's not let's not pretend up front that there's not room for improvement. I'll just say this. Will and I will spend an hour in here making each other laugh. We'll go outside to our girlfriends and try and do the same thing and get deafening silence. So you can understand why we haven't been in a rush to take this on the road. Also, um, I'm, I'm the same as you. Like I, uh, There's podcasts that I've heard go live and I've enjoyed the ones where they're not live more. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I like the, the the conversations have time to develop. Like they're not they're not having to entertain. I mean, there are podcasts that like are like radio shows where you have to just say three minutes of really funny shit and then like you know yeah, yeah. Beyonce yeah uh, <laughs> and and that's cool too. But like I think if we're in front of a room full of people, then you immediately want to just go for the laughs, to go for the jokes, and sometimes you know you might go. Should we really have a 50-minute conversation about how you could trick your girlfriend into putting <laughs> a butt up plug like up your ass and pretending you're a horse? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely – I mean, I can say honestly that – because you're an experienced stage performer and I think you would probably roll with like having to entertain a crowd. I think I would be very, very nervous at the start and I don't know that I would be able to access the honesty that I feel – you know, I can have now. When people can judge you with their eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's times in our conversations where I avert my gaze from you because I feel like I'm being judged. I don't want to multiply that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't judge me. Here's something. Don't judge me. Here's something I prefer for you. Don't judge me. I wonder if I, we could do it if I was in like, you know, those old game shows where they would put like uh, one of the partners in like an isolated room while they ask one of them a question and they bring out the other partner. If you could put me into like an isolated in room on stage. soundproof booth. Soundproof booth so I don't have to hear or see anyone. Like it's the but final we... scenes of quiz show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we continue to have a conversation, just right. me in a sealed booth. Right. So the audience has you at least for the visual component. Yeah. But I'm just and in Charlie a sealed... in a booth. <laughs> Charlie in a cylinder. <laughs> And the great thing about I it, I like this. Is now, that, now I'm excited yeah, about right. live shows. But, and you could take this on tour because you know I've got my commitments back here. But you just take the box on tour. No one has to fucking know that I'm not in the box. Oh, Charlie, you could pre-record. You've got to. You be could in do the- old episodes. <laughs> you could you could bill it as saying uh, Will and Charlie are going to go live and do every episode word for word live on stage. <laughs> and all we do is actually put like a, an MP3 player in the box, right. and you, all you have to do is just memorize every line of dialogue from every one of the podcast <laughs> ever. What's in it for me? I don't know. Um, no, you've got to come because people would want to see you step in, get in the box, <laughs> step in and out of the box. That's brilliant. I couldn't just, I couldn't just wheel in the box. Yeah, people would be like, "Hang on." You can know, I would love that. Because, you know, you go to see a comedy show and they're playing, like, fucking hip-hop or something to get the audience all into yeah. it. And they're like, you know, and now, ladies and gentlemen, Will Anderson and Charlie Clawson, Tofop. And then quiet and just squeaky wheels <laughs> as you walk one of those big moving boxes onto stage. Just, but it takes you, like, about a minute. So, you know, people just, like, coughing and waiting for you to get started. And then you've got to connect the wires up, put your headphones on. If you're in a box... Why have I not preset you before the audiences come in? 
Well, because so I have to be out there the whole time the audience is coming in. Oh yeah, well you're not even you're in a box, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna be, it's gonna be hot and sweaty in there. Why? Well, it's a sealed fucking. How much oxygen have I got? <laughs> Well, okay, maybe it's not a sealed that's box. That's how we time the show. It's not Houdini. It's not meant to be a magic trick. I'm upside down in a tank of water. Yeah, and, yeah the, and the water is rising for the <laughs> podcast. I'm Charlie Clawson. <laughs> okay, we put you in um, the trash compactor from uh, the first Star Wars movie. <laughs> and the walls are coming in. and uh, No, you could just be in the box. Like, we'll, we'll make the box nice. You'll have a comfy chair a and a... Like, like a coffin. <laughs> oh, will you on in a coffin? Yeah. Without to scare the audience too much. Imagine that. You will wheel a coffin onto stage. Ladies and gentlemen, my comedy partner. <laughs> the best thing about it is we could do that show until we die. Yeah. And when we actually do die, they can just cart me straight to the fucking graveyard. Yeah, that's true. Um... I, I like the coffin. Maybe we could just introduce that at Halloween. If we're doing a Halloween show, ah, okay. you could bring out... <laughs> you come out as a vampire wheeling <laughs> a coffin. But at some stage, I just say we do that for a yeah, year, yeah. and I'm starting to realise that the show's working. I can hear some laughter, and you yeah. tell me afterwards, yeah, no, the audience is really into it. Yeah. Do I step out of the box, or have we oh, now established a brand? Box. Yeah, right. <laughs> like people will be like, oh, it's like when Dylan went electric. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when no, it's like when Kiss took off their makeup. They're yeah. like, oh, put it back on. Yeah, and everyone would be like, get back in the box. <laughs> Where's the box? And we could that could be our tour. You know how like Kiss when they did their big tour like 10 years ago and they said we're putting the makeup back on you could be like we're covering him up again Ladies, hey look this ugly motherfucker back, in, back the in the box, box. <laughs> back. back in the box to 2028 I, I think we'd have to run a competition first called Charlie or the box and people could vote on whether they preferred you or the box I don't like how this is going so that's why we will never do a live show <laughs> yeah no I think your box would be fine it, like you'd have um, you could read a book or like you know the Google stuff or whatever. Well, yeah. that would be the one good thing is I could be Googling the whole time and yeah. people wouldn't know. That's right. So the human internet, we could actually parlay that kind of reputation yeah. even and further. Even further, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, next question. This is a good one. This is Not the other ones have been bad, but that's this what, is a that's good... That's why you made it sound like that. This is a... In the same way as you made it sound like before that my comedy was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologise to uh, all the people who have sent in questions so far. When I say this is good, I mean in the context of TOEFOP. This okay. is a very TOEFOP type question. Okay, sure. This is from Rob Ansel. As in Ansel Condoms? I guess so. From the Ansel family? Yeah, I guess Although so. Although Woody Booth? Well, why? Um, because they're condom manufacturers. Yeah, no, but why would he? What? I don't get what you just said. Well, because, like, why would someone who manufactured condoms have Listen offspring? To- Ah, you know what I mean? right, yeah, yeah. Like that would be a hard family line to keep going. It would be ironic if, like, the Ansel family yeah, was like a big Catholic family. Yeah. Like oh no, we, we're just a withdrawal method. We just do condoms professionally, <laughs> not personally at home. So yeah. Robert Ansel asks, no. "Would you rather live in a world and never have sex again in any form, okay. or never hear music again, including as part of movie soundtracks, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So, sex or music?" Oh, okay. Uh, uh, can I have sex with myself? No, no sex in any form. So I'm assuming that includes masturbation. No masturbation. Well, I, I'll. Do I still have the desire to masturbate? You can say. Yeah, I mean, I know this probably isn't all. <laughs> if Will asks if masturbation counts, like imagine you've written, <laughs> P- a, P.S. You've, you've written a whole page <laughs> yeah. of caveats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm imagining that Will asks, does <laughs> masturbation count? In this scenario, masturbation does not care. Well, I think that's why he specifically, after he wrote sex, he put in brackets, in any form. I, I'm assuming that means masturbation. 
any sex and sex masturbation is sex it's self-sex self-sexing that's what i call it jam i'll be back in five minutes <laughs> just gonna be <a> self-sex is <laughs> one i prepared earlier um do i still have the desire yeah of course why yeah of course because Why here, of course, in this scenario where I'm choosing between a world without the, music or a world without that's sex, where the, does everything else have to logically apply? Okay, that's point taken. The defense rests. Um, no, I think it is because the whole thing is what would you rather, what could you do without? So you have to desire both. Right. The assumption is that we love music and that we love sex. But I don't really love music that much. I actually think I could easily go without music. Just keep giving me the sex. I listen to podcasts all the time. I don't listen to radio, well, music at all. This wasn't a good question for you. Yeah. Like, this was the I stopped listening to music you're in like, 1995. You're like, if you could have a world without sex or a world without Hitler, what would you do? <laughs> uh, Hitler. <laughs> I would have no Hitler. Um, so you would happily have no music? Yeah. None I think I think sex takes up more of my life than music. I can still listen to podcasts, right? Because that's all I listen to. I don't listen to music hardly ever. But if you go like... The- when I'm writing, I listen to light music, but it can't have lyrics because <laughs> it affects my writing. <laughs> it's true. I have to listen to movie soundtracks when I write. Cause Charlie, um, are you sure this character's got 99 problems but a bitch only one? <laughs> uh, Charlie, I know this is who done it, but uh, asking who let the dogs out constantly... <laughs> So Mad Max uh, has, has run over the bad guys and apparently the Venga bus is coming. Respect. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, can't, I can't hear that reference without thinking of my uh, dearly departed friend Richard Marsland who always used to love a, uh, a Venga bus uh, reference and yeah. uh, was uh, one of the, the, the great men. Um, I, I'm a bit more conflicted than you because... I really enjoy music. Yeah, you do. And I enjoy going to see music. Yeah. And, you know, when on your ratio, like, because immediately you say, well, I just, like, sex takes up more of my life. Yeah. Then I think on a time spent basis, it would even, because, I mean, you go to the big day out, mm. that's a lot of sex. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of bands for mm. hours, mm. like two days in a row, yeah. three days in a row, that's like a lot of sex. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like that's... Yeah. Like, <laughs> Definitely. It weighs in that favour for me. I mean, because if we are assuming that you, you desire both still, I would be more frustrated not being able to masturbate or have sex or, you know, touch someone in a sensual way than I would be going to hear that new Venga Boys album. Yeah. I, I don't know. But what about for the rest of your life? Like, do you think you're a person who's going to be sexually active? Like, you know, right... Like, are you going to be I like come a- from a family... Of nine kids. Yeah. I've got a feeling there's a genetic uh, a predisposition to breed in my family. I understand that. But, but I understand there's a point in your life where you are programmed as a human being to want to... Well, I don't... Yeah, but I don't breed. think... Okay. Uh, but in the times where I'm not breeding, <laughs> uh, I'm not listening to music really that much. I'm, I'm either writing or I'm watching films or I'm online. Yeah, or... but what about when you, like, you know, you, you're 50, 60, 70? Yeah, I like, think... Like, do you think you'll still, still be sexually be cons- active? No, but I'll, I'll probably just be consumed with fucking whatever the 3D internet is. I'll just be on Wikipedia Mark 27. So you don't Interacting think... in history because it'll be like a hologram. <laughs> it'll be like a holodeck. Yeah, right. So you're willing, you're just, you, you're, you don't care about music. Yeah, I mean, I honestly feel this and I have, I have felt bad about it for a while. We touched on it in a previous podcast, but 
music doesn't mean to me what it means to other people. Like I really admire filmmakers like Quentin Tarantino who puts together a soundtrack or Cameron Crowe and you're like, fuck, this person knows music and you get to know that person by knowing the songs that I like. When I, uh, you know, when I've written stuff that we've scored music for or whatever, I'm like, uh, Gemma, because she's got really good taste in music and she's got quite a, a wide knowledge of music and stuff. At the moment, this entire film has a soundtrack of Poison. <laughs> you know what? Like, if I was to score a film, like, my, I stopped listening to music probably about, I mean, this is not true. Like, I, I listen to music and I, I know bands, and but I don't buy music really hardly ever. Like, you know, I've got, I, I haven't really bought an album in, two years I don't think I've like you know maybe watch songs on YouTube and stuff but I don't listen to music I don't find a need to put them onto my iPod plus I have a girlfriend with a very comprehensive music library so maybe if I was single I'd be putting a bit more effort into it but it doesn't it's not that big a priority but what about me. movies then like what if you were watching you know The Breakfast Club yeah and at the end of the film you know you saw Judd Nelson you know go raise his fist raise his fist and it was just to silence yeah you know what that's true I guess that would be the thing I'd miss would be a lot. I like, like you're looking back, around the cinema, everyone else is like, man, I won't forget about him. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't understand. I mean, because you know what would happen is you'd be at like a, a party or something and, you know, two guys would be talking about their girlfriends and one would say, oh, man, I went out with this crazy chick once. She was like, oh, <laughs> and I'd be like, what? He's like, he's all like, ee, 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 ee. and I'm like, I don't understand what you're trying to say. Or like, you know, some weird guy leaves the room and someone goes, oh, do 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 <laughs> Is that music? Does that count? Yeah, that's music. Really? I, I suppose that is music, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, I guess it is. So I can't understand, like, references. Music or sound effects. Yeah, right. <laughs> that have musicality to them. So would you also, if you couldn't understand music, can does that mean... Can you hear phone ring? Well, can you hear lyrics? No, you can't hear your phone ring. Right. Your phone ring's got to be, like, a, a verbal... Me, me, like that that you've yeah. done yourself, right? Charm. But um, if you can't he hear music, can you not hear lyrics? So everyone knows like um, "Baby Got Back," yeah. but all I know is like the the verses. I don't know the dum 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 dum. Do you hear their musicality when they sing though? Because if you heard like a good singer sing the song, even without the music around, oh, yeah, it, that's you would a good still point. Understand. That's the, the musicality. That is of it. music, like, isn't it? Like music. if someone sings, yeah. okay. But I could hear rap because that's not singing. Yeah, I can hear rap, but I can't hear like anything with a melody. Or does all music sound like rap? Like you hear the words they're saying, oh, yeah, but right. you don't okay. hear any musicality. Okay, yeah. all, right. all right, you hear it. Yeah, you hear it. It's like uh, it's like being colorblind. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. All right, I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 it would be, be tough because you think about um, music videos. I make music videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look for a new job. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand what's going on. And you're like, and we'll cut after you stop singing. And they're like, uh, the band is still playing for another 45 seconds, Charlie. Yeah, fuck, I haven't actually considered the ramifications. I made the decision too hastily. Charlie, what if your team St Kilda, oh. your, your beloved team oh, St Kilda, no. That, no. You, that you love and have never seen, you know, seen win a premiership, they win a premiership and you can't hear them sing the theme song and you can't sing, sing, the, sing the theme song. That's it. You There's 100,000 people at the MCG and they're all singing and enjoying this moment and you cannot. You know what this is? This is an episode of The Twilight Zone. I am the guy with the glasses who's like gone, you know what, I want everyone to disappear so I can read my books and then my glasses have broken at the last minute. I didn't realise the folly. <sighs> yeah. Okay. All right. I take it back. I'll give up sex. 
Right. I know. I'll give up sex as long as St Kilda wins a premiership. Because knowing the fucking Saints, yeah. I would give up sex yeah. and they still don't win it. Yeah. You're like, I gave up sex for this. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> bastards. That's my last words, my deathbed. <laughs> Uh, good question, yep. Rob Ansel. Okay, this is from Belinda. Oh, Belinda. She asks, how did you guys meet and become friends? We've covered that. Yep. Okay, this is from Runner Dave. Um, I'm going to do a live toe fop. We've talked, spoken about that. Can you guys film a, cl- a YouTube clip of you guys doing a podcast? Uh, yep, maybe. Yeah. We'd have we, to... we actually have one. on. We, have, we did film one. Yep. Um, but I don't know. Would you? I don't know. Did you feel weird when the camera was in the room? Yes. Yeah, same. I did. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, today, I mean, you you kind of look like you've been on a four-day bender. <laughs> I'm wearing tracksuit pants <laughs> and Ugg boots. And I came in and unbuttoned the top button of my pants when I sat there, <laughs> like, literally like an old man. <laughs> yeah, it's theatre of the mind. I mean, I don't know, because I do wonder about that. Like, Kevin Smith is really good at sharing... His life, like yeah. you know, he actually—I don't know if he still does—but he used to have photos of his house online, like you know, because people would ask about you know his office and stuff. So he just took photographs of my office, my dogs, and I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like he's really—that's I think the beauty of what he does is you feel like you know him, and you know nothing's kind of off limits. Mate, I I went to the Red State of the Union podcast where he he talked about his film Red State, and um, uh, I used to go to you know his his podcast and. And, and watch those every week. And he was going to take the 50 people who went to that every week to his house to watch the film. Like he has a screening room in his house and he invited us all to his house. Are you sure? And that got too big and he ended up doing it somewhere else. But like for weeks, we were literally, he would just say, and, um, you know, in a couple of weeks, you can all just come up to the house and we'll, oh we'll watch the film. Wow, that's yeah, awesome. I was wrapped. I was really disappointed it didn't happen because <laughs> I really like him. <laughs> um, I, 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 I say no to the, the video. Yeah. I don't think it's... I think it would ruin the theatre of the mind. Maybe at some stage in the future, if we had like a cool guest on or something, some special occasion. I'd rather do a show. Like I'd actually rather do something for... I'd like to keep this separate. If we're going to do something visual, I'd rather do something visual. You know what I mean? Would you... Um, put a clip of us doing this sh- show on YouTube if you were in some sort of coffin or bubble. <laughs> yes. I think we're limiting this idea of the coffin or bubble to being on the road. I mean, I'd be happy if I came around, Charlie, and you were in a coffin or bubble here and we did the show with you in a coffin or bubble, if you would like that. Yeah, I could do that. Well, maybe we should do one. Look, there is like we have a, a sort of a cupboard just there. Yeah, we could just do one episode just as a trial. Yeah, to see if we can take the show on the road. Where you're, you're in the cupboard. <laughs> we'll see if it works. I mean, I'd actually be curious to know if the dynamic would be the same if one of us couldn't see, well, if we couldn't see each other. Yeah, like I wonder if that would change. Like, because people have often said actually. Um, when you're away, oh, why don't we do it over Skype or something? And I've always thought, eh. We like being eye to eye. Yeah. And I don't think it would work. Like, you, you kind of need to sort of read I don't think language. it would work over Skype, but I think it would work between me and a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be okay. I, I li- I'm really getting into the idea of the bubble. Right. I've got to be honest with you. And I think that we could change it if we took it this, like, if we went big with it, because once you've got but the confidence. Why is the bubble? Well, wasn't it a box before a movie Whatever. Box? No, well, this is my point, Charlie. Right. It could change. 
every week. For every week? Like, a, like yeah, okay. we could do big stage shows and people could be like... I could be in one of those Zorbs, you know, those um, big inflatable balls that you can ride down the hills in New Zealand? Perfect. But we paint it black, matte yeah. black on the outside. A TARDIS. Because, yeah. I'd like to see you in a TARDIS. Oh, yeah. All right. I could be in that. Just a police box. A bomb. A real TARDIS? A giant bomb. Like, have you... like Cypress Hill style. When you say TARDIS, is it like a, a prop or is it the TARDIS? Like, I can actually, like, just morph into existence. <laughs> you know Doctor Who's not a documentary, okay. right? just checking. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, this is from Stephen Davis. Uh, he says he apologizes in advance. Oh. God, for some reason, both exists and really wants a blowjob from you. Okay. If you don't do it, he will end the universe. But you know that if you do, him coming will be so powerful, it'll wipe both you and your immediate, and your immediate family from existence. What do you do? Wow. Pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> Imagine that. Speed would have been so much better. God wants a blowjob from you, man. That would have been just people going, I mean, I got the speeding bus and the guy was angry, but it seems a little cryptic. Uh, okay, so what's what's going to happen if I don't give God a blowjob? Uh, he'll end the universe. Well, either way, myself and my immediate family die. Yeah. So I think I've got to take one for the universe. Right, okay. Like, I don't want my immediate family. Like, the bit of that that caught my attention immediately was my immediate family. Because I would happily sacrifice my life for the life of my, A, my immediate family, or B, for the life of the universe. Yeah. Probably less than the universe, Charlie. I'd probably sacrifice my life for my country. Yeah. They God didn't really think this one through. Because either way, like, I mean... How many people would I... How many people would you sacrifice your life for? Would there be a certain amount of people? What, like a minimum? Yeah, a minimum. <laughs> we'll only martyr like for this tubes. amount. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, My martyr amount. If they said, if this scenario was this, if I could change it a little bit, if yeah. it's this, right? Oh, you're going to get a, an email from Stephen Davis's lawyer. I'm expanding on Stephen's uh, idea here. Uh, Davo, um, is this. God does exist. Yeah. And God wants a blowjob. Yeah. If you don't give him a blowjob, someone dies. Not necessarily someone that you know, but someone dies as a result of you yeah. don't give me, not giving him a blowjob. Yeah. But if you do give him a blowjob, when he comes, it's so powerful, it blows off the back of your head and you die. Yeah, right. So, would you sacrifice your life for one other person's life that you don't know? Who is the, is the person? Do I know if they're going to grow up to be a good guy? No, nothing. Well, like, I'm standing with the creator of the universe and he can't fucking tell me? Well, no, he won't tell no, me. No, he can tell you. He, just he knows. Yeah, he just won. It's a cruel game. He's like Jigsaw from the Saw movies. It's like a moral dilemma. Exactly. And it's meant to make me learn something about myself. Yeah. And that's one God. Yeah. Like an all-knowing, all-loving, benevolent prick. And the thing is that God, being all-knowing and all-loving and actually existing, has a series of like tests for everybody. Oh, wow. And it's weird that he's... <laughs> the other ones are more like there's a puppy like, yeah. you know, drowning in a pond. Yeah. And Okay. Um I suck. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, you know what? For I'll, anyone? For anyone in the world? Yeah. Like, you know, just randomly. Yeah, yeah. Anyone. Because I think. Could be a great person, could be a horrible person. Well, can I at least have, can I at least say to him, if it turns out to be the next Hitler, he has to let me know. Like, this person may be a bad person, but they can't have killed more than, say, one person. <laughs> All right. I can maybe you're five. Willing, you're willing to take your you're willing to trade your life for one person as long as that one person hasn't killed a person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Now there's certain things they can't go. God's got to give me a guarantee that this person uh, 
there's like five or six things I can't do. Can't commit a violent act, can't commit sexual assault. Okay, okay, right. So basically what you're saying is when the person lives, they're not allowed from that moment on, no matter what's happened till then. Yeah. They're not allowed for that moment on to do anything bad. Like, yeah, you know, basically. Well, I mean, yeah, but I, I can't, I can't say nothing bad because that's very subjective. Because no, no, but like nothing. He can, li- he can be into limp biscuit. That's fine. <laughs> like that's nothing totally that fine. God would consider a sin. Nothing, ah, you know. I'll turn it back on him. Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. So that would have to be my little caveat. Yeah, can't perform abortions. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Can't be homosexual. Can't, yeah, can't be gay and get married. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well. He's, yeah. No, he's the other guy. He's the other guy. He's sitting in his room going, this is perverted. What are you doing, Dad? This is gross. Stop making humans give you blowjobs. And some sort of... It's, you're not making a point. You, you explained to me the point the other night and I don't understand the point. There is no point. Uh, yeah, look, I'd suck it. Why okay, for one for one other person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck it, man. I mean, yeah. I'll, otherwise, the universe is going to end. I'm going to die anyway. Yeah. So, what's it matter? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I would sacrifice my life for another person. Uh, okay, this is from Nelly. Hey, celebrity listener number yeah, two. Yeah, um, I'm get his band aid on his cheek uh, as he was. Uh, sorry, smoking. this is a joke email. I ah, should have read it. This is a from, joke. This is from Nelly G. <laughs> the heading is question for the scrumptious Charlie C. Uh-huh. And I'm not talking about Chaplin. Charlie, will you take your shirt off, please? Preferably whilst giving a short speech detailing the Houses of Parliament and their powers. <laughs> ha ha, very funny. That could be part of the show. <laughs> In your bubble, you take your shirt off and, and explain to people about the Australian government. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question is from Jeremy Guds. Hey, fellas, a few questions for you. Uh, do you record the podcast with your shirts off? No. How many times have you been drunk or stoned while recording? I'd say like 90%. How small are Charlie's hands? Uh, well, there's uh, actually a photograph on the Facebook page. I think it's um, 20 centimetres from base of my palm to the top of my middle finger. Yeah. Um, they're tiny. Yeah, they're small. They're stubbly. They're, yeah. But you they know what? They you don't know, fit your body. Uh, well, no. The hand is the right size. You look like you're playing that theatre sports game, expert double figures. Yeah, that's somebody right. somebody else's hand. doing my hands. Yeah. yeah. But that, my, my hand, my palm is actually normal size. It's my fingers, which are short and stumpy. Um. Have you ever sat down, pressed record, looked at each other and thought, fuck, we've got nothing to say today? Never. We always have something to say. Yeah. If that word had included, uh, do we have something of quality to say, (laughs) that might have been different. Um, Luckily, we set the bar very low and it is easy. In fact, the bar is lying on the ground. We we don't have to jump over the bar. (laughs) Literally, we can step on the bar. Um, How much unreleased material is there? Uh, none. Well, we've episodes we've lost that we've recorded and lost. Yeah, totally unreleased. Because I mean, every, there but... is. I I have cut out a couple of things that I have just set aside. Um, if you ever decide to go into politics, no. <laughs> There's a couple of things that I have cut out that I think are kind of funny, but they weren't appropriate for an episode. So generally, what I do is just cut out dead air, D- dead air, and if we're fumbling around or one of us goes to the bathroom, whatever. But yeah. we keep most of it in there. Yeah. Um. But uh, there was one where something had happened where I had to go out or you had to go out and we came back in and we, I must have realized it was still recording. I thought I'd stopped it. And it's actually like Tofop behind, behind it's, uh, it's behind the Tofop. It's kind of still Tofoppy, but a lot less kind of big and a lot more kind of just strange. I think you're looking something up on my computer and we're looking for like a trailer for a film or something. So 
I don't know what I'm going to do with it because I don't know if it's just interesting to me or if it's actually kind of funny, but we do go on for a while trying to find this thing online that we can't find. It's Tofop, the pocket call edition, because mm. it's the equivalent of a pocket call. Like where you're like, because how long do you listen to a pocket call for? Do you listen to, if someone rings you, like pocket calls you yeah. and leaves a message, you know, how long do you listen to that message for? Do you just listen to the first bit and go, ah, it's a pocket call and erase it? Or do you like listen for ages to see what, you know, who it was and what was going on? No, no, I just, I delete it almost kind of straight away. So I think that's not worth releasing. Oh, well, we could just call it the pocket call edition. I just, I, I feel like we should archive a few things that are to do with not just the episodes going on air. Like, I think that it's worthwhile that we start sort of, there, there are some things that, you know, we've done on the show, which I haven't like, they're not kind of poor. Like we did an episode of, uh, we talked about Inception. This is the long lost episode. Yep. And I'm pretty sure it is lost, but I did debate that for a while because it was so uh, indulgent. Like it really was an hour of just kind of babbling about a film that we weren't really, trying to entertain it was just you and i actually just talking about the film so i don't know i think it's one of those things where we should keep stuff but i don't know if we know what form to release it in i think there's only uh one reason to keep it charlie and it's a very good reason and that's why we should keep it is because when we die uh, early and tragically uh then tupac you know jeff buckley style our mothers can start releasing ah uh, yeah yeah tapes of that's right yeah. it's like the BBC recordings of the of the Beatles every yeah, year totally there's another thing uh, my, our mums will be living in big gold houses <laughs> we'll be like Prince we'll just have microphones in every room of the house <laughs> yeah exactly um, do you guys do anything prior to recording each show i.e. star jumps red cordial eat, eat fantails hug each other <laughs> etc no it's normally about have a ritual five minutes of chit chat we'll normally bring some beers around We'll do like five minutes of chit chat, try not to say anything too funny in the kitchen, and then we just sit down and record. We do it. We always do a trial, and that's part of the unreleased material that I've been saving. Is we'll always do like a ten to fifteen second test before we start recording. I've said some pretty defamatory things in those tests. Though. Yeah, that sometimes. Yeah, we don't. It's not like we do a trial run. Sometimes I'll just start recording as we're talking. But uh, yeah, maybe we're, maybe that stuff won't get released. <laughs> we were at the Westfield. Um, today and uh, I didn't see him but uh, uh, Matthew Newton walked by us and um, I, I know Matthew yeah. and uh, I didn't see him but I have a joke about something bad that he did in my latest stand-up show and it did occur to me afterwards that that would have been particularly awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Does that happen to you much? Well, I mean, you know, I've, it's it's rare that I like am really having a decent crack at someone that I know, but like in this case, I felt it was appropriate. Yeah. Um, but I do think it would be weird if you know we ran into each other because there's no way you wouldn't have heard about it. Yeah. Like you know, people wrote about it in the paper and stuff. So. Yeah, but some people you've made jokes about, you know, have been okay with it, haven't they? Most are okay with it. I think. Even if it, you've joked about when they're fucked up. I think most of the time, because people have already fucked up. Everyone's having a crack, you know. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I had, you know, do you know who Rachel Finch is? Yeah. yeah. She was like a Miss Universe. And yeah. Like, um, I made a joke about her on Twitter the other day and she tweeted me. She follows me on Twitter. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel bad when that happens? No. I, I thought it was What did she say? No, she, she thought it was funny. She oh, thought, that's right. it was fine. Um, what do your part... She's hot, though, and she was a Miss Universe. And so I was wrapped that she followed me on Twitter. <laughs> and... <laughs> And it's in a hot story. Yeah. <laughs> Job done. Um, what do your partners think of you guys uh, airing your innermost thoughts? 
Gemma doesn't really listen to it. No, Amy doesn't listen to it at all. She, she, she to... thought it was called uh, Top Of. She, yeah, still for does. For episodes. <laughs> she seriously would say to me, are you going to do Top Of? Uh, who I believe was uh, the guy who was in Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> Top Of. Uh, this is from Rodney. Why do, do people have such hard to pronounce names? How would you pronounce this? Havarton. Yeah. Hey, hey. you psychic? Yep. How did you know that? I'm like I'm like Simon Baker in The Mentalist. I just read it off your face. No, no, no. Um, I've uh, spoken to Rodney online. Okay. He, he's a, a good bloke. How did you know how to pronounce his name, though? Well, I don't know if that is... That's how I pronounce it when I read his name. Oh, right. So that it may, that may not be it, but... You said it very confidently. I was like, you yeah. must have sat down and had coffee with him. It was... He's possibly... The pronunciation of that name is probably... <laughs> Completely. Possibly a to, to, it was so... It's a top fact. fact. Or uh, it's a top of fact. <laughs> uh, so Roger asks, uh, hey guys. I think his name's Rodney. <laughs> I, think, I think you pronounce that Rodney. <laughs> Certainly, I'm not sure about Havarton, but I'm pretty sure that <laughs> Rodney is pronounced Rodney, not Roger. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that, Roger. <laughs> My question to both of you. Yeah. Is have you ever walked out of a film or theatre show because it was so awful? If so, what? Oh, that's a good question. It's a great question. Yeah. Um, I've only walked out of a movie once. Yeah, was up which one was it? Steel Magnolias. Oh wow. Yeah, I fucking hate it. I don't think I've ever seen it. But it's Southern Bells and like their dramas, yeah. Oh uh, well, I didn't even get through the whole thing, so I'm probably not the person to ask about your Steel Magnolia facts. Seeing that I can't remember a lot of facts about movies I really liked. I find it hard to walk out of films because I'm very blue collar about it. It's like, well, I've paid my money and you know, <laughs> this is fun. I've paid money to have this bad time. So I'm going to continue to have this bad time despite the fact that I can stop having this bad time because I want value. <laughs> um, I, I Look, I don't count you know, having stopped DVDs and stuff. I, 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 no, no. It's, I think the whole point is leaving yeah. a theatre. We, we, we hired four DVDs on the weekend and didn't make it through. Any of the four. Yeah, but that's that's part of the course. DVDs, yep. they're disposable. Um, but yeah, movies. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'd I been on a four-day, five-day um, Duke of Edinburgh Awards scheme uh, camp. Do you know about the Duke of Edinburgh Awards? No. No. Um, uh, basically, they're like young sort of achievement awards. People do them at like, you know, at, at school. And you could do your bronze, Duke of Edinburgh, silver and gold or something like that, I imagine. Yeah. And... Um, and, like, your bronze Duke of Edinburgh was a thing that, like, most people at my school got. It was just, like, basic survival skills. Duke of shit. Edinburgh sounds like a sexual move. The Duke of Edinburgh. Have you ever had a Duke of Edinburgh? Yeah. <laughs> it would involve shit. <laughs> I don't really know why, but to me, it involves shit. It's, oh, you know what it you is? You a Cleveland steamer or a Duke of Edinburgh? Yeah. It's a Duke of Edinburgh is when, um, at the point of climax, <laughs> oh, someone, you want, you want someone to shit on your head. So they're above you. Yeah. And they shit, but, like, a whole... They have to like lube up, yeah. so that the shit comes out in one chunk, in one giant shit, yeah. And they do it on top of your head, yeah, like upwards, so it looks like one of those beef eater hats. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so that's what I had to do at school. <laughs> no, so everyone did bronze. That was like your bear grill shit. You know, yeah. how to survive if you're in the wild and whatever. And uh, although my friend Lindsay, Lindsay Webb. Uh, who's a comedian and a very funny guy. And he, uh, we were doing a gig together uh, in Toowoomba the mm. other night. And he, that day, I got to the airport and he's got like a bandage on his leg. And I'm like, what happened to you, dude? And he's like, oh, yeah, I got bitten by a redback spider. What? 
Yeah. Where? Where does he live? Like, well, just out of Queens, out of Brisbane. Like, oh, and he got bit by a redback spider. But you know what he did? Fucking just shook it off. I thought that deadly. Yeah, so no, don't they no. like paralyze you or something? Yeah, apparently he's what who who redback spiders are deadly to children and the elderly and frail. Oh, losers, the losers, Charlie. <laughs> losers nat- who... Natural selection, exactly. <laughs> um, apparently, if you're a normal, healthy human being and redback spider bites you, you can just fucking ice it and oh like yeah. I mean, you have to put something on it. Like that, that's like, if you're, if you're a redback, that's like being Superman, but yeah. you can't really uh, defeat anyone unless they're really old or really you, young. You can only defeat people who are actually already weaker than you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually have superpowers. You're just in tights and picking on weak people. <laughs> <laughs> you can fight crime as long as the crime is performed by toddlers, pensioners, or vegans. <laughs> Um, um, what was the question? Uh, you, what was it? You, oh, walked out of a movie. Have we walked out of a movie? So I'd been on this uh, five-day Duke of Edinburgh thing where we uh, hiked through Cradle Mountain in Tasmania, which is like very beautiful. And like we had to build, you know, snow tents and, you know, and we were with a PE teacher who um, had taken like a mixture of port and wine in like a little hip fluff yeah. and let us all drink like, He's port and wine. <laughs> this is the sentence that becomes comes before a confession right. of molestation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, Charlie, because oh, no. yeah, this PE teacher ended up that there was a thing where he had sex with some of the students. Did it have anything to do with the providing of alcohol? The miners? Uh, Jesus juice, Charlie. <laughs> he called it Jesus juice. Oh, fuck off. No, yeah, he, he was like, and because he was a good looking guy and he was a cool guy and he was like the cool young PE teacher guy. Is it, he is had some, is it, but he, he's charged and. No, no, it was like, like he had sex with some like year 12 girls and it was just that kind of swept under the carpet because they were all kind of, you know, consenting and they're all 17 or whatever. And Yeah, but how old was he? I don't think you're allowed to teach PE anymore. Yeah, like, but isn't it isn't it statutory rape if they're not eighteen and you're? I think if they're seventeen and consenting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason tomorrow, Charlie bought an ice cream truck. As for the lack of a high school girls, man, <laughs> I get older. They say the same age. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, so after we've been on this five day camp um, and and hike and whatever. Uh, we had to fill in some time in Melbourne for a couple of hours before we could get our train back to the country. And we went to the movies and we watched Steel Magnolias. Yeah, right. And Why did you see those are the only thing? I, I think it was the only thing that was yeah. on at the time. That, you know, <laughs> it's very unusual. After we've been out fucking bear grills again, fucking eating live animals and fucking, you know, <laughs> drinking illegal alcohol from dodgy feeds. Oh we're like, let's go watch Steel Magnolias. Did you not look at the poster and think this might not be for us? It's a bunch of women ranging from like late teens to middle age. Yeah. What made you think you were going to like I it? I don't know. Let the buyer beware. <laughs> I'm not saying that I made a good choice, Charlie. Yeah. I'm just saying that that is the only movie. Well, have no. you ever walked out of anything that you thought you were going to like? Maybe that's a better... A better. I've never walked out of any other movie, I don't think. The only other movie I thought... I mean, you sat through Green Lantern, so... Yeah. The, well, the only other movie I thought about walking out of, and this I was there by myself, mm. so I could have, was um, Transformers... Dark Side of the Moon or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, there was... I went and saw that by myself. 
in 3D, like pretty soon after it came out. I don't know why. I didn't like either of the first Transformers movies. I thought they were both awful. So I'm not sure why I was like, oh, well, I like this one. That's great. Well, you know, that's brilliant marketing. Yeah. For some reason, you're compelled to see something you actually had no interest in. But not only do I have no interest, but something, it's like, it's like I've hooked up with a girl I don't like and she's cheated on me twice. Yeah. <laughs> well, this can't go wrong. This will be great. <laughs> you did watch fucking eight series of Smallville, which you hated. Oh, yeah, I know, but that has come good. That's oh, fuck off. Strong. It's like the longest payoff ever. Yeah. The tantric sex of TV series. Yeah, I'm enjoying uh, the, the. I haven't watched the last couple of episodes yet, but it's it's just winding up and it's been really good. Yeah, right. So I feel like it's that worth paid it. Off. <laughs> so maybe if they make nine or ten transfers. If that was movies. your girlfriend, it was like eight years of fucking like hating her and then you just learnt to love her. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm fucking in my late 30s now. I'm not going to do any better. What do you it was Will that really made you love Small uh, Smallville in the uh, final series. Uh, I think it was Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> uh, so I went and saw that by myself, and I, I, I would say twenty minutes into that film, I was like, "What am I doing here? Yeah. This is awful." The second one, and was I did th- I did think about walking. Out I didn't see the second one. I only saw the first one in the movies and didn't really like it, and then saw the second one on TV. And there's a bit where. I think a robot dies or a human dies and they go to heaven and there's like robots in heaven. Like it's like transformer heaven. And I don't know, there's something so bizarre about that. Like I know I'd just been watching trucks and planes punching each other in the face for 90 minutes, but that was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was like, there's a heaven for robots. Like this is bullshit. Um, is not the legendary story about transformers too, that it was shot without a script. Because, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, this this definitely might be a total surprise. <laughs> but I had heard that because it got filmed during the, I think because it was during the writer's strike or whatever, and they but they wanted to go into production straight away because the first one had been so successful, yeah. that they just started shooting the film without having a script. Like Michael Bay had an idea of what big action sequences and things he was going to do. So, they started so with they, the, well, they probably started with the action sequences knowing that they could get to the dialogue, yeah. they could nut something out. Yeah, so basically out. I think um, my understanding is that's what they did. So yeah, they right. shot all the big set pieces. So the writers are basically trying to justify what is happening on screen as they're making it. Yeah. That, you, that's what it's like. Yeah, you've got eight... It's like it's you've got like, eight set pieces and you've got to fucking weave a story around it. It's like someone handing you a DVD yeah. of like a Japanese film or something and you have to explain it to people as it's going and you yeah. can't understand what the fuck is happening. So the writer's like, uh, okay, so there's robots standing on clouds. Uh, maybe he's trying to say, uh, it's robot heaven. <laughs> Michael Bay's watching the movie going, this is not what we meant at all. <laughs> they were standing on marshmallows, giant marshmallows. Giant robots in heaven. Now that's ridiculous. The marshmallows had some gravitas. <laughs> Have you ever walked out of a movie? Uh, I, well, like I said, I, I find it hard to walk out of something I've paid for. I think I'm sure I've walked out of a bunch of live things that I haven't liked, like, you know, comedians and, <laughs> and bands and stuff. But mo- the only movies I can think of is A Time to Kill, the um, Matthew McConaughey film about the, oh, the, the, that Joel Schumacher film. I didn't hate that. Oh, God. Like, I mean, I, like it's it not, was just the I, most. I've never watched it twice, but oh god! I just remember there was a scene where um, like Matthew McConaughey is playing the most fucking saintly white man on the planet. If you don't know the plot of the film, he's a young idealistic lawyer. That's right, in the South. Uh, it's Sam, a John Lithgow book. Oh well, no, uh, not John, John Lithgow. John Lithgow. <laughs> yeah, that's a dope pop back. Uh, John, uh, what is uh, his name? Uh, Grisham. 
John Grisham book. Yeah, there's a, and there's also, a spate in the late 90s when John Grisham, like he was the twilight for adults. People yeah, just it was the biggest, he was the biggest author in the world and all these um, books got made into movies because they were perfect movies and they were all starred a young idealistic lawyer work, yeah. who got caught up in some fucked up situation. Yeah, and this one was about, um, so what is it? A ma- uh, there's a, 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 ch- a young black girl is raped and the father of the black girl, played by Samuel L. Jackson, kills the two guys who raped his daughter. Yeah. And uh, so it's in a small southern town, so it's racially divided. Matthew McConaughey is the white lawyer who is asked to defend the black guy in the indefensible case, yeah. and he wins. But the film is like it's this, it's Spoiler so alert. <laughs> for people who are really hanging out to watch the time. It's to been kill. almost fifteen years. Do you really have to do a spoiler? Can we not make uh, six sense jokes either? <laughs> like I think people by this time. I don't think anyone went into. A Time to Kill either, and thought... How's this going to end? <laughs> Samuel <laughs> Jackson the, I wonder if the young idealistic good guy will win against the forces of evil. <laughs> but there's a scene in it where... I mean, Matthew McConaughey as a fucking academic of any kind. All right, you're already stretching the uh, realms of credibility. He's a laid-back Southern lawyer. He's played a lawyer a lot. He was the Lincoln lawyer. But he starts to get harassed by white supremacists in the town for defending a black guy. And there's a scene where um, I think, you know, his house gets invaded or, or, you know, they set fire to whatever. And you see him, like, run out to the street and he rips his shirt open. And so he's, like, the lawyer with a six-pack and he starts, like, laying out punches and, like, knocking out... Bad guys. And it's Did like, he rip his shirt open for any reason? I think. Like, was it necessary? No, I think like as part of the fight. Like he's wearing this rip, like rock and roll t-shirt. And right. it's like, so not only is he an idealistic, borderline genius lawyer, but he also can punch out fucking uh, white supremacists. It's just like, ah. Oh. So I walked out of that. Um, well, you know what? So you don't. But know. you know what? I walked. So you actually don't know. If no, you I was going to say. Not, I actually walked out during the, as they gave the verdict. I'm sure there's probably about five minutes of wrap up. So I pretty much stayed for the whole film. Yeah, you waited for the result. Yeah, whatever the result, like that's it. The game was over. Yeah, the the other fans in the yeah. in the cinema are clapping as they leave. Yeah, yeah, you were one of those people like we can't get back from here. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, let's uh, car park uh, before it fills up. Let's get out now. Uh, but the only film I've walked out at the start was um, uh, a horrible romantic comedy with Reese Witherspoon called Just Like Heaven, where she plays a ghost. She dies. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. dies and she's haunting an apartment. Anyway. Like the opening, uh, opening credits have a cover version of Just Like Heaven, the Cure song, yeah. but the most horribly syrupy, sweet, like, I don't know, it is like Nora Jones or someone. It's like disgusting. And then I, Reese Witherspoon is really unlikable. I don't know if you've noticed this. You know how you talk about Jennifer Garner having a punchable face? Like Reese Witherspoon. I don't know if I look at her and see Tracy Flick from uh, um, uh, election. election and that's why she annoys me, but I just, she isn't a warm person. I, I quite like Reese with the spoon. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, she's my Jennifer Garner. Yeah, I get I get why people like, you know, because she's America's sweetheart. Um, yeah. But I get it. I, I don't know really why because it's it, – I sometimes like like people despite having a lot of evidence against the fact that – like I, I went through a period in my early 20s where I was like, oh, fuck, really? Demi Moore's got a new movie? That'll be good. <laughs> and I would go along – like, having never enjoyed a Demi Moore movie, but thinking, yeah. oh, well, this one will be It's cool. like Angelina Jolie. Like, you know, she's Angelina Jolie. She's a movie star. I cannot think of one film of hers that I like. Not even Girl Interrupted, which is meant to be like a good film. I've never made it through that. Nicole Kidman's like that for me. I'm like, how is Nicole Kidman? Like, Dead calm. <laughs> maybe. I didn't mind that one where she was the TV reporter that had Joaquin Phoenix. But like really, to die for in her entire career, Batman Forever. You went and saw that. 
I did go and see it, but not because Nicole Kidman was doing it. Like, you know? Like, that, that actually is as weird as it sounds about a guy dressed as a bat fighting crime. Nicole Kidman being in that film kind of did make me go, oh, this isn't Batman. That's Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you know that, they did it again in the next film with fucking Elle McPherson yeah. in Batman and Robin. That was just like, this is strange. Yeah. <laughs> like, Elle McPherson, she's not even like an actor. No. I can't even believe her as being an actor, let alone an actor being another character. <laughs> um, all right. Next question. Yep. This is from Isaac Kingy. Uh, hey, guys, I've got a scenario for you. Okay, well, good. We like scenarios. Zombie apocalypse. So the usual situation where if you get bit or infected, you become a zombie. Okay, got that much. Because that's your, just your standard. If, if you get bitten by a zombie, you yourself become a zombie. Okay. No way around it. All right, so... One of you or your loved ones gets bitten. It takes a while for the full okay. infection to take over. All right, cool. Um, it's kind of Shaun of the Dead style with the mum at the moment. Like she's been bitten. You know that she's going to turn into a zombie at some stage, but at the moment, still yeah. not a zombie. Okay, and the, now that there's no technology or communications okay. because it's oh. apocalypse. Yeah, sure. Uh, but there was talk of an anti-serum made in Perth that's proven to work. Okay, all right. It takes three days the infection to fully take over and five days to drive to Perth or three, or okay. three hours on stop. I like this. Okay. Yeah. So, so three days for the infection to take over, but it takes five days to drive to Perth. Okay, good. Um, do you take the risk of curing them and potentially getting infected yourself from yep. an anti-serum that may or may not exist? Or do you shoot them and save the rest of your group from potentially getting infected? Okay, I get it. And oh. you have to shoot if you choose the option to shoot your loved one or each other. Yeah, okay, all right. And then he gives an example. This is the longest email ever. Will's been infected and yeah. Charlie has to decide whether to take a gamble and drive to Perth or shoot him and save the rest of the... Yeah, okay, that makes complete sense to me. Okay. You've, one of us has been infected. Yeah. Do we take the risk of driving to Perth where we might, on the way... On a rumour of a, a cure. A rumour of a cure. Or do I just shoot you now? Yeah, or do you just shoot me now? I'll just shoot you now. <laughs> Is that all right? I'll just shoot you now. Uh, hang Honest, on, hang I don't on. know where we stand. We're just, get, we're just going to get some dinner first, but then I'll shoot you after that. Uh, is that okay? We've got three days. What do you want to do? <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, look, I, w I would expect that you would allow me to shoot you because I would ask to be shot. If I was the one who'd been infected, Fuck I'd say... Fuck that. Really? would be like, take me to fucking Perth. <laughs> Let's go to Perth. Let's go on an adventure. Let's it's, not stay uh, here to get got by zombies. Let's fucking go and see, oh, no. find the anti-venom. No, shoot me. I'm, I'm, always, I'm one of those people who watches like films like Aliens or something where Sigourney Weaver's fighting the, the mother alien and she's yeah. you know, fighting with every inch of her will. If that was me, I'd be in the corner just curled up saying, all right, just make it quick. Just, <laughs> I don't want it to hurt. Like, you're saying five days adventure. I'm like, but we're going to fucking get petrol and there might be fucking marauders on the way. I'll buy and... lollies and stuff, travel snacks. Okay, barley sugars. Barley... <laughs> I'll get some barley sugars and a Rodney Rude cassette from a truck stop. <laughs> <laughs> we make it an adventure. All right. All right, Mitch Garling. Hey, guys, love this show, et cetera, et cetera. All that normal dick-sucking stuff people put in emails, ha, ha, ha. You guys getting together, chewing the fat has made a mate and I do the same. So thanks for the inspiration. It's called the Lolcano. It's an eruption of roof of ruffle copters, as in roll on the floor laughing copters yeah. and lava laughs or something like that. Just wanted to know if you guys could, if you guys could be any woman in the world for a day. <laughs> oh, so he just put a plug in at the top of his question. Oh, really? That's okay. 
I'm fine with that, but he's just plugged his own podcast. All right. I love that that had, I assumed that the What's question, the podcast called? It's called The Volcano. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We do the same, so thanks. Okay. Yeah. Volcano. So he's plugged his podcast, and I assume, I was fine with that, by the way. Yeah. But I assumed that the question was going to be vaguely related to that introductory statement. <laughs> but no, what he's really done is, it's essentially like me saying, so, um... Oh, by the way, I've got transfer. shows coming up in <laughs> Perth and I've got a TV show called The Gruen Transfer. So, Chinese food or Japanese, shall we? <laughs> so he asks, if you, could, if you could be any woman in the world for a day, what would be the first thing you would do, apart from the boob rubbing and looking at your new vagina in a hand mirror? Okay. Thanks, guys. So snitch nothing, Garling. Not the sexual stuff. Nitch, but... Mitch Garling calls himself Snitch. No, oh, yeah, nice. Um, so what woman and what would you do? Hmm. Are we saying not sexually? Just said no boob rubbing or vagina looking. I can do other stuff to myself. Well, I'm assuming... Three times a day, Will. I'm assuming... I'm assuming that he's kind of saying, well, that's the obvious answer. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what everyone's going to say. Yeah. So you can be any other woman. Yeah. You know, what would you do? What, yeah. What woman would you be? Yeah. Um, that's an interesting question. I would... Well... I mean, you'd ha- if you're taking the sexual element out, that rules out a lot of women because most of the time I just pick like you know a hot girl and then look at myself naked for the entire 24 hours. <laughs> but if I'm not allowed to do sexual stuff, we're saying well, oh, no. no sex. Okay, well you can't do self-sexual stuff. I can get other guys to fuck me. <laughs> yes, you can get other. Can guys I get to a guy you. to take my clothes off and just film me? Film you or yeah. feel you? No, film me. So if I decide I'm going to become Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And then I just say, we'll come around. And after we get through the whole Why You Angelina Lee conversation, yeah. um, I just say, can you just film me like from every angle? And so you do. And then the next day I'm back to being Charlie and I say, hey, Will, have you got that tape? And now I've got like five minutes of Angelina Jolie fully naked. And, and me just in the background filming and say, no, seriously, what good movie have you ever made? <laughs> <laughs> How are you a movie star? So that's that's what I'd do. Um, no, if you're going to be Angelina Jolie, part of it is that you have to live as Angelina Jolie. Oh, so I'm with Brad so, and the kids. So you have to get fucked by Brad Pitt and you have to... <laughs> you know what? And you have to look up If I have kids. to do... If I have to fucking do, then Brad Pitt's probably not a bad way to start. Yeah. It's a lot of girls who'd fuck Brad Pitt. You know yeah. what I'm saying, Will? I don't... I'm, <laughs> I'm just Miss Wright. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd pick Angelina Jolie. That'd be great. She's rich. She's, you know, beloved. She's like UN ambassador, fucking humanitarian. It'd be worse women to be. No, no I mean, that's a, that's a very good choice, I think. And you um, could just like, you know, she flies airplanes. <laughs> if I was her for a day, I would just get in an airplane and just fly it, <laughs> even though I don't know how. <laughs> but be like, Angelina, uh, you've got to fly to Sudan to uh, address a... a, a a press convention I'm like sure and they're like you're right to fly I'll be like uh, yeah totally I am Angelina Jolie after all before I go could someone give me a hand mirror so I can just look at my vagina if I'm gonna die I wanna go out thinking of something I love um, who would you be? <laughs> Uh, if I could be uh, one woman, uh, it would be. Hmm. Uh, I think I would like maybe the queen. Oh yeah. Like I think it would be interesting to be. Well, you are a queen, so someone really powerful. You know, like 
And the Queen's pretty fucking... Like, is there a more powerful woman in the world than the Queen? Yeah, like fucking the guy who runs FIFA or the Formula One. <laughs> like, if you want real power, get into business. Be Bill Gates. Yeah, but okay, well, who's your most successful female businesswoman in the world? Like, if I'm going to... Uh, if I can be, you know... Who's that, like, you know, who's that go, one? Who's that chick who owns the mining companies in Australia? Rose Hancock. No, the other one. Isn't there one? There's another family there. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's say Rose yeah. Hancock for the sake of argument. You could be Rose Hancock and you could get interviewed on The Circle. I could just go, uh, Andrew Bolt is awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no, I want to be some sort of like really. I, I think if I had one day to be someone, I'd love to like be someone sort of. Yeah, Hillary really Clinton. Powerful. Not Hillary. Julie Gillard. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I want someone powerful. <laughs> no, I, I, th- I think that would probably be really cool. Um, uh, I don't know. It's, that's just an interesting question. I don't really ever think about being someone else. Like, do you ever sit around and go, I wish I was that person or what would I do if I was that person? I wish like, I had other people's uh, opportunities. I yeah. don't wish I had their lives. Yeah, but then you'd have to fucking do all that stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But, you know, then you look at someone like Paris Hilton and go, well, I think I could handle that. <laughs> I could handle just being photographed. So a bit just being rich and being, being famous rich. for nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I do wonder if I had been born wealthy, would I have any motivation to work? That's interesting. I think I would. I, I always think that, like, I mean... Yeah, but you don't know, man, because, like, you have, you've always had to work. I mean, if you came from wealthy stock where, you know, anything you wanted you could really get without having to try... But wouldn't I still want to get, like, I mean... Depends what your parents, the work ethic your parents instilled in you as well. Yeah, but it's not like my parents were, like, um, you know, instilling in me that I should be a comedian. No, but... Like, my my, but da- you, but, my grandfather is a father, my dad is a farmer, my brother's a farmer. Yeah. So, like... It's but the like, occupation is irrelevant to, you know, your discipline and desire to succeed. Like Yeah, but my, I still might have the same interest. Like, I still might be a guy who's interested in comedy. Yeah. I just maybe wouldn't have to, like, fight my way up from... Where I came from, you could probably I buy could your own club. Buy my own club, yeah. do my own shows, and pay people to tell me they were awesome. <laughs> it's interesting, though. Like I don't know. I mean, I don't know anyone. I never like I went to a, a school. There's a lot of wealthy guys, but I mean, if you grew up in like super super wealth, yeah, you know, like where you're, you can be homeschooled on your father's jet, which is made out of gold. <laughs> yeah, that's got to affect a kid, doesn't it? I, I think it probably does. But you know, I don't it must know. be hard to raise a kid with kind of boundaries when you can afford to give them everything. Like, you know. But Warren Buffett, you know, he's like the, the you know second richest man on the planet or something like you know like that. Um, and he like is a you know an, an investment guy, the yeah. best investor in the world or or whatever. And he like is he he hasn't left his kids any money basically. They've had to make all their own money. Like he just raised them. Like he gave he's given most of the money that they made to charity yeah you know he kind of just does it because that's what he does and 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 you know he made his kids all you know work their way up through the companies and do all you know those sort of things as well like yeah i think you can still raise your kids right if you know yeah i'm not saying if uh you could do that but i'm saying if you had just grown up with the opportunity like just say i'm not saying you just grew up with a rich family with a strong work ethic yeah. if you grew up in a privileged super privileged environment where you were spoiled like would you still have that work ethic no, but you'd like you'd end up like those guys. You they they you don't a nightclub or yeah. I mean, I heard, I made a moment. You know, you'd still have a business. You'd you'd be you know you'd co-own a nightclub. You'd DJ. Yeah, that's right. Promoter. <laughs> you know, you'd be a promoter. Promoter. I love that joke. What do you do? I'm a promoter. Yeah. Right. So you do nothing. Yeah. You're just very wealthy. Yeah. Having said that, producer is also uh, I'm finding an occupation where you don't actually need any skills or qualifications. Yeah. You're just rich. Yeah. 
Um, so we're done an hour and a half, and we're like, you know, probably not even halfway through. Oh, really? So should we just pick one more and then... Yeah, let's pick one more and and then we'll say something another time. Yeah, cool. All right, so this is from uh, Andrew Portbury who asks, the guys, the guys, he says, guys, the question I want to ask is, how far have you ever been behind listening to a podcast? I've been with TOEFOP from the start, but I've only managed to listen up to episode 33 so far. Similarly, I listened to Hamish and Andy's radio podcast and just finished the September 30 episode from last year. Andrew Portbury. I don't know what to make of that question. Well, look, look, it's a very specific question. Yes. Like, you know, he's like, like he's really like viewing our podcast like it's homework. You don't think he's taking the piss? No, he's just, just saying that he's like been listening from the start, but he's obviously a busy but how, guy. But the question is how far behind have you been? Yeah. That's a strange question to ask someone. Well, not if you're behind in a podcast yourself. Well, have you ever gone up to someone and gone, do you like, you know, we both listen to Smogcast. You've never said to me, how many episodes behind are you on a Smogcast? But you might hear. Um, you you know, may say, what episode are you up yeah, to? Yeah. Not how many are you behind. It's a very but he couldn't say, question. he couldn't ask us what episode are you up to because he's talking more generally. So he had to phrase it in a different way. That makes sense to me. How far behind have you been in a podcast? It's like people who. Like, you know, our friends who watch TV series and the TV series, they like the TV series, but it's been finished for a couple of years and they still haven't got around to watching the final bit of it. You're like, oh, you're behind. <laughs> Everybody else, you know, knows what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a big question to go out on. <laughs> I, I don't think that's our close-up. Maybe we should do it. Right. Okay. This is from uh, Stephen Bray, yep. who says, Dear Sirs. Um, I like it already. I'm sure this is a repeat. Here's my question. How do you feel about your newfound American fans? Were it not for the podcast, I, as an American, would never have found out about you. I like this already. I like that it's got an international flavor. This feels like a good note to go out on, Charlie. Okay. I couldn't pick you out of a crowd. I suppose I could look you up on Google or something, but that takes a lot of effort. (laughs) Probably less than writing this email, but (laughs) sure. It would also require my powerful American brain to take its mind off war and Nancy Grace. (laughs) I like like the quality of our listener has suddenly gone up. We really think about it all the time. It's important. Really, though, you guys are fucking hilarious. We'll send it there. (laughs) No, there's more. I wish that was the end of it. I'm Will Anderson. (laughs) And I've actually garnered a lot of Aussie culture from listening to you guys, which is cool. Really? We talk a lot about a lot of American stuff. I know. We try to keep it general, but I should. Blue Heelers talk. Yeah, a lot of Blue Heelers culture. Bit of Yahoo series. Snake question. Jack Thompson, he's probably going, oh, that Jack Thompson. Uh, snake question, because Americans are greedy, right? Nope. That's him saying that, not me, because I'm not racist. If Will and Charlie could be any person other than themselves, regardless of the time, who would they choose to be? And this is Steve from Seattle. If mentioned, please call me Regular Steve. Regular Thanks, Regular Steve. Steve. Thanks, Regular Steve. This has the similar vein to the uh, chick question. It does, but this is anyone from history mm. at any stage. And this is where you decide to unveil that you're actually a neo-Nazi. I would like to be Adolf Hitler. And here's why, Charlie. Six points. I thought you were going to say six million Jews. Oh. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> And he thought the other question was too dark Charlie, to go out on. Charlie's getting a little edgy. And we discover that 90 minutes into a podcast, you get really racist. <laughs> That would be the irony. Making a joke about you being racist, I actually reveal myself to be a massive racist. <laughs> that was my trap. Uh, if I could be anyone... Can um, you be fictional or does it have to be real? No, keep it real. Keep it real. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to... 
I'm just warming up. This might this might not be um, what the one that I finish okay, on. Okay, so you're going to throw out a couple of candles. You yeah. got your nominees. Yeah, and uh, this one's probably going to be bad for uh, regular Steve because it's an Australian that he might have to Google. <laughs> but I often think of how cool it would be to be Lee Matthews. Now, if, if for people that don't like you know who aren't AFL people or people who you know, but Lee Matthews is the. I guess the the Michael Jordan or player the, of the century, John Bradman or the you know the greatest player, pretty much wasn't he voted player of the century? Yeah, yeah, and pretty much recognised as like I mean, there's always going to be a debate over who's the greatest players in sports. He was an athlete who had uh, the perfect blend of toughness, skill, leadership, um, longevity. Yeah, he won like eight best and fairest, which is still a like a league record or something like that. Or I think Bob Skilt might have. Although won I, nine, I never but... won a Brownlow. Never want to brown like because he loved to punch blokes in the face. Yeah, like he was. They call him Barney after Barney Rubble, and he wasn't like you know the the tallest, most athletic. He, he wore and still wears a mustache. Yeah, and he for a bloke his size, he just used to love to punch blokes in the face. I had a photo that was my screensaver on my phone for a while, and it was a photo of Lee Matthews I found. I was flicking through his autobiography, and it's a photo of Lee Matthews as an under ten footballer. Yeah. And it's a bold black and white photo, but if you just drew a little moustache on it, he looks exactly the same now. And he's almost, what, in his 60s? Yeah. He's just got, like, and he's one of the smartest, like, most like most intelligent when it comes to football, but also most intelligent when it comes to the world. Like, I really enjoy his philosophy. I listen to him talk all the time, and I just fucking love it. Yeah. But I also love that this guy who is so kind of sentimental, this guy who so, so understands human existence just love punching blokes in the face <laughs> like and he talks about it quite freely in that way that you're like because you know what sometimes it just a bloke needs to be punched in the fucking face uh, and lee matthews was the guy he's he always reminds me when i see him because he's got this confidence never bordered on arrogance like in my opinion anyway like but he's widely regarded as not only the best players played the game but he also has like this incredible coaching record yeah. he went on and coached and was like a triple premiership yeah, well, he's coached four premierships, but yeah. three in a row. Yeah, that's which right. Which is like uh, really hard to do. Yeah, like just yeah, you know, just and he's a great commentator on the the other football now, and he just carries himself with that confidence. If someone else in the room says, um, "Yeah, the greatest AFL player ever, Lee Matthews is here," he just moves on. Yeah, like in that way that he doesn't go no because because he probably is. Yeah, like, he kind of accepts it, but he doesn't like make a big deal about it. Right? Yeah. So I um I think that Lee Matthews is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And I often think that it would just be awesome to have to just be able to walk around and know that you were of this game that I love, you know, my favorite game to watch, that you were the best person ever at it. Yeah. Like every time you walked into a room of people, you could just kind of secretly in the back of your mind be like, I was better at this than all of you. <laughs> than everyone who's ever tried it. Like, can you imagine? I don't care what that thing is. I reckon it would be unreal to just experience for one day being the best in the world at something. Yeah. To just know that you could like... I mean, that's what I think about a Usain Bolt or someone like that. You'll literally go, if I have a race with anyone, I will beat them. Like, anyone in the world right now, you want to have a race? Because I'll fucking beat you because I am the fastest man in the world. Like, I think... Being the best at something would be what I I would like to do if I could be one person. That's a bad answer for a US listener, though, isn't it? No, you're saying Bolt. You got to cross the line. I mean, yeah. you could you could compare Lee Matthews to like 
um, like a Wayne Gretzky or a Michael Jordan or a, you know any kind of athlete. He's just like a like one of the greatest athletes of Australian rules football. Yeah, but no, I think that that translates. I, I don't know. You know, I think I, I have to add an, a caveat to this question too. Can we? Like when we change into this person, do we come back or do we remain that person? Is it like we can be that person for a day or, you know? Um, you can be that person for, uh, I reckon it should be more than a day because a day is like, you don't really get And you can read. pick the period in history in which you are that person. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, six months. Okay. Well, there's two as well. Yeah. Um, both American. So this will help out regular Steve. Um, one would be Elvis Presley. Really? Because I think... You like uh, to eat peanut butter sandwiches oh, on yeah. the toilet? Because <laughs> I... Well, we talked about, like, if you grew up in, like, you know, wealth, would you just never try? I always have this fear that if I ever, like, get very successful, that I will just indulge every single vice I have <laughs> because I can afford to do it. Because I know that I have a tendency to indulge. Like, I told you my donuts We will story. be recording this podcast off, off Carmen Electra covered in donuts. Yeah, Totally. <laughs> I, I I went I've been on this um uh, fairly healthy uh, routine for the last few months, yeah. and um, part of that was like just trying to not eat bad shit during the week. Yeah. But I'd allow myself to eat on the weekends. Yeah. Um, my gym, uh, when you come out of the exit at station between a McDonald's, um, a Boost Juice and uh, a, a, a Donut King. So it's right. like you know the access of evil. <laughs> and one day I came out and I'd been really good that week, and it was closing time, and so they had boxes of donuts for sale. And I was selling like boxes of four or five at once for like five bucks. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a box of donuts because I earn it. So I paid the guy and it's probably about a five minute walk to the car park. I got to my car, um, you know, opened the door, went to put the box down. I was like, someone's eaten all my... And I had eaten (laughs) like four fucking donuts in a five minute walk to my car. And I was like, oh shit, I was going to really enjoy sitting down and having a cup of tea and eating a donut watching a film. And I was like, well, there was more boxes up there. <laughs> so I went back up and got myself a second box. So I came home, ate that box as well. And I was say- saying to Gemma, fuck man, like if I didn't have to like, worry about my parents and, you know, money and working all that kind of stuff, if I had like wealth, I could see myself just like getting so lazy and who cares if I get fat? I'll get a doctor to fucking suck the fat out of me. You know, <laughs> like I will spend my money on allowing me never have to, to, to do whatever I want to do. Like I think, I would be really tempted. You may lose me forever. I'd become I, Marlon Brando. I, I do. Un, I understand that. I once ate an entire cake. <laughs> like it was on radio, but it, we, it was like a thing that I'd always wanted to do. And so over three hours at a live show, like, like an entire, like a proper cake. And cause you know, you, when you have a bit of cake, you're always like, Oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind another bit of cake. And you, there's always secretly, well, in the back of my mind, there's always like, I can have another bit of cake, but you always kind of get to a point where you're like, I shouldn't have another bit of cake. So I decided I was going to eat an entire cake. It's not as much fun as you think it would be. Like I honestly had to, like I had to lie down for four hours. <laughs> I will see your cake and raise you <laughs> a box of assorted creams. <laughs> we came back from a shoot and there was some leftover unit stuff. And I was like, I'll take those home. And we came home on Friday night. Saturday afternoon, Gemma has gone to get a cup of tea. And she's like, oh, I might grab a biscuit. And I was like, oh, I don't And she went, she's like, where are the biscuits gone? And I'd eaten them overnight. An entire box of assorted crap. Even the orange ones. So this is why I would need to worry about like, you know, I'd want a bit of limited time in that. Because if I was Elvis Presley, I would end up on the toilet. Because I think that, you know, A, you're living the rock star life and I'd want to be him because he was the original rock star and that would be, 
amazing. Like, can you imagine being at the forefront of a movement like rock and roll, popular culture? Like this guy ushered in the age of the fucking pop star, rock yeah. star, like icons. Yeah. That would be pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, okay. All right, Elvis and who else? The other one, which was why I'd also won a limited time, would be Lee Harvey Oswald. Because <laughs> it's one of the great unsolved mysteries who killed JFK. And I'd like to know, like, was it me? <laughs> <laughs> so just say, go back to Lee Harvey Oswald for two days. I'm sitting there with a group of kind of like the, there's the uh, communist sympathizers down, you know, in south, down south. And I'm like, uh, hey guys, just want to tell me the plan one more time. <laughs> Am I or am I not yeah. killing am JFK? I, am, I, am I the distracty guy or... I'm actually the shooter-shooter guy. Yeah, I, it seems like I'm going to have to lean a whole lot of the way out of the window to get at an angle that, and then the bullet's going to be, am I the guy or am I not the guy? And this is the problem with body swap comedies. If I become Angelina Jolie, I'm going to smash a plane. I become Lee Harvey Oswald, I can't snipe. Um, Dave Grohl. Oh, I'd yeah. like to be Dave Grohl. Yeah, I'd like to be Dave Grohl. Um, I think that would be, he just like seems, he's funny. Yeah. And, um, he's I, been in like, well, okay. well this, I, I like actually said to him once on radio, I was interviewing him on the radio and, uh, I said to him, if you've been in, uh, Nirvana, uh, the Foo Fighters and Queens of the Stone Age at that stage. And I said, you know, three of the, you know, the, the best bands of the last, you know, 10 years, you know, maybe some of the best bands of all time. What's the secret? And he just like leaned back and went, sheer unadulterated talent. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, he's a guy who's also just like, fuck, he's had just had an awesome life. He's a cool guy. Like girls love him. Guys love him. He's fucking hilariously funny. And he's got, he plays rock and roll in a way that is just fun. Like, you know, he's a guy who just enjoys his life. Here's the thing I love about him is if, you, have you seen the documentary they've just made with the new album? Because yeah. their new album they've recorded in the yeah, old garage, yeah, like, right? on reel to reel. So it's not like they're not using um, uh, Pro Tools or anything <laughs> like that. They recorded it in walking the rooms closet yeah. <laughs> on a handheld. But they literally have to, so they have to get their guitar parts right. And um, if you look back at Dave Grohl's career, and in this documentary he talks about it, like, hey, you're in Nirvana, stop. Yeah. You, you can live off that. Like oh, he doesn't have to do anything ever again. You're yeah. in Nirvana. Um, but now he comes up and he starts his own band and that band's fucking awesome. Yeah. And then he starts guesting on other bands like Queens of the Stone Age. It's like, okay, enough. <laughs> like your life's pretty fucking cool. But what's great about him is that he seems to be someone who genuinely picks, does projects based on enjoyment, yeah. you know, and like wanting to have fun, like Probot, you know, which is this album where he got people to do covers of, of metal songs yeah. and who knows how many albums that sold, but he got all these great musicians in and it's, like it's it's pretty much like a personal project, but it's fucking great, you know. Like you can feel his love of every project with every album and every. Well, did you see that thing online the other day where it, the band all dressed up and went and sang um, anti hate oh, yeah, songs yeah. at the West Road <laughs> Baptist Church? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to do that. No, <laughs> you're in fucking Nirvana. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, Dave Grohl would be good yeah. of the modern rock stars, Dave Grohl. But I think if you're Elvis, like. Seeing that change from like the 50s to the 60s, you know, that would be pretty amazing. Can you imagine? Like in the 50s, like so conservative and you fucking hit the scene and you're fucking wiggling your hips and like he could have had so many orgies. <laughs> like if you're Elvis. I'm sure he probably did. Yeah, undoubtedly he did. And then at the end it said Elvis has left the orgy. <laughs> <laughs> or would you rather be the Beatles? 
Well, you can't be all the Beatles. You have to be either like Paul one or of, John. Yeah, one of the Beatles. Oh, you can't be George or Ringo? Oh, you can be, but who, who wants who's going to be? Gonna be? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Who's going to be Ringo? I'd like to be in the Beatles, but I don't want to do have all any the talent. work. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to spend all my time writing songs and doing interviews. All right, but no, it's that limited window. It's Quantum Leap. You get to be a Beatle for a week. Which one? Oh, it's Quantum Leap. Now you're speaking my language. Um, if I can be a Beatle for... A week? A week. And any until period. Until some problem with the Beatles has been solved <laughs> and then I move on to solve someone else's problems. <laughs> um, I would be... Yeah, I guess John Lennon. Yeah. He was I the guess. cool one. I think... I mean, everyone loves Paul. Yeah. But in terms of the cool factor... It's definitely John. Yeah, although I think that if you like, you read a lot about both their stories. Like I, I think Paul McCartney did a pretty good job of growing up to be a cool, yeah, man. adult. He had to live with John Lennon's ghost more yeah. than fucking anyone. Like, you like, know what he, I mean? He has he, to he, compete with people's memory of yeah. a young rock star and still be liked, and he is. That's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, I think. He, like, I mean, I know there was a, bit, a while where it was fashionable to kind of have a crack at Paul McCartney. It was like daggy or whatever, but. I think he he did what you like from your your heroes. He got old pretty gracefully. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I yeah I, I like that. But yeah, no, I think you'd, you'd be John. Yeah, yeah although definitely. but not in the Yoko sex period. Uh, I don't know. I'm not I, a Yoko owner. Like, but I, that would have been a pretty interesting time because that's also the same time as all the fucking LSD and Indian shit, wasn't it? Was yeah. that about the same time? Well, may, I, if I was, maybe I'll be Hunter S. Thompson if we're going back. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Oh, you know who I'd be? He's fucking Johnny Depp. Because Johnny Depp got <laughs> to hang out with... And then you get to play Hunter S. Thompson. You get to play Hunter S. Thompson. You get to hang out with Hunter S. Thompson, but you're also really fucking good looking. <laughs> and universally loved. Mm. Yeah, Johnny Depp wouldn't be a bad one to be either. I mean, I can't imagine his life is filled with too much pain. I love I love the idea that he said, like, he's gone anyone in the world. You know, we could have said, like, Gandhi. <laughs> or, like, you know... Elvis Presley. Elvis the Beatles, Presley, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Metal Mickey. It's not even a human, you fucking idiots. I don't even get that reference. I'm American. <laughs> if you could be any TV robot. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, I'd be Vicky from Small Wonder. <laughs> and I would look at my vagina with a hand mirror. I'd be Dexter from Perfect Match. <laughs> because I just like seeing couples get together and calculating the probability of them staying together. Oh, this has been mammoth. Let's fucking right. wind it up. So we'll, we'll, we'll find a later date to get to some more questions. Yeah. Actually... Found that really interesting because I, I feel um, we're getting a reflection of us <laughs> in the questions that we're being asked. Um, you got some. Oh, pipes? yeah, I, I'm on tour. Um, I'm going to Perth and then uh, Port Macquarie and a bunch of other places. Um, Country Victoria, willanderson.com.au for the details. But we just added an extra show in Perth. So if there's Perth people listening, come along. That'd be ace. And check out our Twitter, TweetFop, Facebook page, Tumblr, and Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah, we totally have a Wikipedia page. Check that shit. It's like a proper page. Yeah, I know. It's full of information. Yeah. Thank you to the people who did that. Yeah, good on you. Appreciate that, whoever they were. Was that your mate Roger? <laughs> is his name Rodney? Ronald. Ronald? Ronald Rodney. <laughs> Rodney Havarton. And regular Steve. <laughs> this one's for you, fellas. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.